You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for April 30th, 2018. For the definitive version of the show, be sure to listen using your favorite podcast app of choice. On today's show, the crew discusses the possibility of Black Ops 4 not having a single-player campaign when great single-player campaigns currently exist like God of War. That and all the usual segments on today's episode of the Max Level Podcast. On with the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Max Level, a video game podcast found right here on Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always this week by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hey, kids. Special. Hey, kids. Nice. Like, like, uh, you know, Binky the Clown from from Garfield. <laughs> Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for the Max Level podcast. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. Before we get into the episode, we want to let you know the following is brought to you by Technisport Gaming Chairs. Are you in need of a new chair for your office, studio, or gaming space? Technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming-related chairs. In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with the Lazy Boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they have always existed right here in cyberspace. Go to technisportusa.com and use the offer code LDG, stands for Level Down Games. Offer code LDG to save 10% when making a purchase. If you're interested in helping us out here at Level Down Games, all of our affiliate links can also be found in the YouTube description box and all of our videos and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Technisport Gaming Chairs, Amazon, Origin PC, and Razer. Thanks in advance for all of the support. Last but not least, if you don't currently subscribe to our YouTube channel or the podcast, we got a lot of great content you may be interested in. Simply search Level Down Games on any podcast app of your choice to see a list of our shows, including Max Level, BG Mania, Glow, and Revisiting the Classics. We're on Stitcher now, too. We also have a YouTube channel that sees at least one new video uploaded to it daily, and again, that can be found by searching for Level Down Games on YouTube. We'd love to see you around more often in our community, and we'd love to hear from you, too. If you want to contact the show, feel free to send an email to maxlevel at leveldowngames.com. You can send us video game-related questions, and We'll try to answer them to the best of our ability. Suggestions for Kickstart My Heart or Are You Afraid of the Dark? General thoughts on the latest happenings within the gaming landscape? Or even questions specifically about myself or Frank? Any good questions received will most definitely be used in some form on the air during our shows. And don't forget the other thing that we're doing. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us over at twitch.tv slash leveldowngames and leave us a review on iTunes. We will send you one or two crappy Steam games from our ever-growing library of crappy Steam games. Here's the thing about Frank and myself. We like bad games. Remember, good game, bad game. We want to start sharing our love of bad games with you. So if you sub to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitch, and leave us a review on iTunes, contact us through Twitter or maxlevel at leveldowngames.com, and we will send you one or two, or maybe even more, crappy Steam games. Um, real quick, before we get into what we've been playing over the past seven days, I did kind of want to mention something a, a little sad um, because it's affecting someone else in, in our industry. And I, I definitely want to to give a shout out to this person because I hope they beat this and I hope they get better. Uh, Total Biscuits cancer has spread and it's back. I don't know. I don't know, Frank, if you actually are aware of uh, Total Biscuit, uh, John right. Bain, the cynical Brit. Um, he's got a he's got a great podcast I enjoy listening to. Um he had cancer a few years back and it kind of subsided for a while, but now it's it's basically spread to his spine to the point to where chemotherapy is not working anymore. 
So he said the only options left are very poor ones. So he's moving straight into a clinical trial that he is eligible for. Uh, he's definitely not giving up and he's not going to be quitting until until, you know, the inevitable. So I, I definitely just want to wish him all the best. Let him know that, you know, we're thinking about him here at Level Down Games and, and I hope he pulls through. And I really hope that, you know, he kicks cancer right in the ass because I hate cancer. Cancer sucks. <laughs> Fuck you, cancer. Can, can, cancer is cancer is one of those things that I wish we could find just the the ultimate cure for, because we need to, we need to, because it, it just takes way too many lives, way too many good lives, just way too many lives in general every single year. Cancer is a bitch, so um, and it just sucks because it's the one thing that like we really have no control over. Like exactly, it, it's just crazy that we haven't found anything. Obviously, certain cancers are one hundred percent curable now, but it needs to be get to the point where all cancer is curable. So hopefully, hopefully we get to that point at some point in the future. So yeah, total biscuit, John Bain, we're thinking about you over here, man. Hope you do the best, um, you know, thoughts and prayers to you and yours. We'll, uh, we'll definitely be rooting for you. So I, I, I really hope you pull through, man. I really do. Uh, let's move into what we've been playing over the past seven days. I have a couple. What do you got? Just one, just one. Okay. Uh, I've been playing God of War. Okay. I'll just tag along with you then. Every free second I have, I've been playing God of War. Yeah, but I'm a very I, I know I know the feeling. But I'm a very methodical player. I search every little nook, every cranny. So I haven't mm. progressed all that far. Me and Brian talked about how about far. Yeah, I don't want to give any story spoilers no, here no, because no, no, you no. don't want to. You, like if, you, if someone hasn't yeah. played this game, you literally. I actually this morning um, before we recorded, I was having some troubles with the internet, so um, I actually sat down and did my review already. So I, I, I wrote the review. I, I recorded the review. I got all that up. I was so generic in that review because I feel like if you know anything that's going to happen in this game, it ruins the experience a little bit. So yeah. like go, going going in and finding out this stuff on your own and going in and seeing what happens to Kratos and his son on this journey. Dude, y y it has to be y it has to be experienced by your own eyes. Like literally, if you read anything about this, it, it definitely takes away a little bit. It does. Everything that I've seen so far, it's just been amazing. It has. Um, I, I, finished, I, I finished the game this week, obviously. So. You, you, you beat the game, so when I tell you where I am, I'm not ruining anything for you. Yeah. Um, but I'm a big geek when it comes to mythology. Uh -huh. and Norse, Norse and Greek are my two favorites. So right. uh, the, the last God of War games have been nothing but a blessing for me. This right here, every little thing I see along the way, I'm like, oh, my God. I wonder if this will play into this. I wonder if this will play into this. Right. And it is. And it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. No, this game goes deep into the Norse mythology lore. Um, I even mentioned that in my review. I said, you know, if uh, because I am not an expert in Norse in the Norse mythos, but I said that, you know, if if you are an expert, you're going to get a lot more enjoyment out of this game because they, they just mention things in passing or, you know, you pick up a lore scroll and you read it. and Oh, wow. That's something that they didn't even mention. But, you know, it, it comes into play. And yeah. if you have any type of experience with with Norse mythology and you know anything about it, you will definitely get more enjoyment out of this game than someone like myself, who is just a casual Norse mythology fan or someone that knows nothing about it. Um, that doesn't that's not to say that if you don't know anything about Norse mythology, you're not going to enjoy this game because you still will. Oh. You still will. hundred percent. You still will. But if you have a deep understanding of the of the of the actual lore, you're going to get a, You're going to have a much better time for sure. I mean, I mean, this is not spoiling anything, everyone, but along the way, you find treasure maps. Yes, 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 yes. And you have to, and you have to figure out the locations for these things. Mm -hmm. I'm having a blast with these things because it's they're written almost like riddles. Yeah. For, 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 for things that you may have seen or will see in the future. Right. So I'm keeping those, I'm keeping those things kind of cognizant in my mind. I actually have a little notebook over here on the side. Perfect, where, I, yeah. where I'm like, 
Okay, this is because I, I can pull it right up, but flip, flip, flip while I'm playing. Uh, I mean, I'm having really fun with that. Just me bonding with my son, telling stories in the boat, and that's the best. Stuff. That's the best, and that gets better. That gets so much better as the game goes on. Like just the the stories that they tell. Um, you know, the interactions between those two. That's what I feel like is so strong with this is just the interactions between Kratos and, um, and Atreus, uh, Atreus, however you pronounce his name. I, I had a gripe last week about Atreus how... Atreus is what you were saying last week. It's, it's Atreus. I know. But, uh, the, the, uh, the, the gripe I had last week was the controls just mm-hmm. seemed a little off. Yeah. That was ring rust. I, told, okay. I, I knew it was. I told you, I told you, I told you you just haven't gotten accustomed to it yet. It's, it's fluid now. I, I yep. could... I could I could kill and shoot and snipe with the best of them now. Yep. Now now uh, you're basically just standing back. You're you know telling the kid to shoot his arrows as often as possible. Let him build up boy. and then you just let him up and he just unloads and then you know you stand back and either launch your axe at the enemies or rush in, do your runic abilities, rush out, throw the axe. Like dude, it's it's so fluid. Uh, combat is very addicting in this game. And again uh, and, and again, that's something that only gets better as well. Combat only gets better as you move on. Yeah. So. Uh, but you, you finished the game, so uh, you want to give a few impressions without giving away too much? Or? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, oh, man, I, I, I'm, I'm like I said, I, I recorded the audio for the review already. I recorded the because we would do I do the reviews a little bit differently now. I obviously do. I don't know if you I don't know if you personally watched the Nino Cooney review I put up the other day. I did, actually. Um, but I, I kind of do a mix of me and gameplay, which which is kind of what I like because I like being more personable with the community. Um, I cut the review. I recorded the review, so now I just have to figure out, you know, what gameplay stuff I want to use um, because I don't want to spoil anything with the review. I don't. So I feel like the the actual pieces of gameplay that I do choose to use for this review are going to be very early within like the first hour or two of the game. Um, game itself yeah. is about, you know, if you do, if you just focus on main story, the game's 20 hours long. If you do the main story plus side quests plus some collectibles, you'll get like 30, 35 hours. If you go for the platinum, it's like 50 ish. 50 ish hours long. So it's not too terribly long. You'll probably get more time if you went to the platinum, just because I know you take a lot more time exploring, but, um, well, I'm going to kill these, ra- I'm going to kill all Odin's Ravens. Just you wait and see. Odin's Ravens are so hard to find, dude. Odin's Ravens are so hard to find. I, I, I finished the game and done a lot of exploring and I've only found like 28 out of the 51 of them. So they, they are definitely hard to find. Dude. <laughs> I want to find them all. It is for a trophy. I want to find them all. You have to find them all if you want the platinum. Um, but yeah, ton of collectibles in this game. Um, I, I love the, the actual storytelling here. I love what they, what they did with the, the whole aesthetic of the game. It's beautiful. One, I, this is definitely the best looking game of the generation so far. Oh, yeah. Uh, God Award blows everything else out of the water. And as I mentioned in the review, it's, it's one of the top games of this generation sitting up there alongside Horizon Zero Dawn, sitting up there alongside The Witcher 3, aside, you know, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And Persona 5 like those right now are to me, in my opinion, the top five games of this generation so far, because those are games that I, you know, I also gave a perfect 10 to. So um, this it's it's incredible, man. I don't want to spoil it too much. I don't want to really dive into anything here because like I kept saying, like I keep saying, this game is worth experiencing on your own. And I feel like you will be you will be disappointed 
if you know anything about the story or anything that's going to happen during this journey, because finding out myself was beautiful. Uh, I have my entire playthrough up right now. It's over at twitch.tv slash level down games. It's in the archives. Uh, if, if you want to go feel feel free and check that out to see any of my reactions. Uh, we had several people popping in and out of the chat, popping in and out of the streams while I was playing the game, uh, interacting with me, just wanting to see like certain reactions that I had to certain things that were happening in the story. Um, it was it was fun. It was fun. That's why I got through it so quick, because I stream I was streaming any you know, I stream anywhere from, you know, sometimes as little as four hours, sometimes as much as 10 hours a day. And the main game I was playing this past week on Twitch was God of War. So obviously I was kind of mixing it up with a couple other games here and there like Dead by Daylight and World of Warcraft. But a majority of my time was focused on God of War. And it's crazy because like I would sit there and just start exploring and I would sit down for a stream four or five hours. All I would do is just kind of go around on my boat, do some side quests, do some exploring. I didn't even touch main story on some days. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there there are some streams where I'm literally just knocking out side quests and just having fun and exploring. Uh, It took me eight streams to finish the game. So that's that's not terrible. Um, but like I said, it was right around 38 hours is my, my final playtime of where I'm at now. I am going to go back to it. There's, there's some optional stuff I'm going to knock out. Like I said, if, if I can, I, and I'm not using a guide, I'm not using a guide. So oh, would if, you? yeah, if I cannot find those Odin Ravens on my own, I will not get the platinum trophy. So we'll have to see. Um, I, I'm definitely going to try for it. I know there's a few areas I can go back and look around in and I'll probably take one last look around the entire uh, world before I give up. But I'm definitely hoping to at least put some work into the platinum or not. But I will say I won't put too much more time into God of War after a couple more days. I'll do what I'm going to do over the next. I'll price it down and play it like two or three more times. And then after that, I'll be moving on because there are other things that I want to play now that are getting ready to come out or already have came out. Um so, but yeah, God of yeah, War. I'm God sitting of War a bit so of a good. backlog myself. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Um, but hopefully by now my review is up. If it isn't, within the next few days it will be on our, on our YouTube channel. And then it'll eventually be on our website as well. Um, our website has not been updated in about two months. But that's because I'm working on a redesign. And I've been working on that redesign since uh, since the uh, man, like the end of January. The last time it was updated. And I don't want to I don't want to update it while I'm working on the redesign because I don't know if things are going to transfer fluidly after the redesign. So I may have to redo everything on the website after I get this design done. So that's why I haven't been updating it, because I don't know if it's even going to be worth updating because it may not transfer over. So once this redesign is up, uh, which I should be done within the next two weeks on this, because I've just been kind of plugging away at it at nights and in the mornings when I have some time before we either record podcasts, before I start editing or before I start streaming on Twitch. So the redesign for leveldowngames.com is coming along pretty nicely. It's going to look sweet when we're done. Um, I, I'm really, really happy with the way this is looking, but uh, that should be done soon. So as soon as it's done, then the website will be updated every day once again. Uh, I did mention one of the other games that he talked about real quick. That was World of Warcraft. I just want to kind of mention it here. I caved early. Um, I gave up on the gold. So um, I wasn't I, I just wasn't having the success, the success that I wanted to. Uh, I, I am approaching. I, I made it over 400,000 gold, but I was still about 500,000 shy of my goal. And I, I'm literally two weeks away. I wanted to buy the game on May 12th with uh with with the in-game goal. That was the the deadline I set for myself was May 12th. Does it come out? Does it come out in August, though? August 14th. Yes. But I wanted to have time to level up the characters. Oh, fair, fair, fair. Okay. Because, because once you pre-purchase Battle for Azeroth, you get access to the Lightforge Dry Knight and the Void Elves. Um, so and they each start at level 20. And I know just how I play these games. You know, I can't power through from 20 to 110 that quickly. Um, because, well, I could if I did nothing else. But because I'm, you know, doing so many other things and playing so many other games and recording and editing, I just don't have time to sit there and just, you know, 
bang that out. So I wanted to give myself a few months to level up both those characters because I want to have one at each max level by the time we get to Battle for Azeroth. Plus, I want to get my Horde character up because I want to unlock the Nightborn for the Horde. Um, so that there's just things I wanted to get done before Battle for Azeroth, which is why I was giving myself three months before the game came out to uh, yeah, to, do, to do that. Uh, but Sean and I were talking when we were on Twitch. We were playing Dead by Daylight the other day, and he went ahead and reactivated his Warcraft subscription. He pre-purchased Battle for Azeroth as well. So we have started our Alliance characters now. Uh, our Alliance characters are level 27. Um, so, so, we're, so we're progressing through there pretty well. Uh, we do mix in from, you know, we, we take Dead by Daylight breaks on Twitch. We, we'll go ahead and play uh, World of Warcraft. We're just leveling up those characters. We're also leveling up our Horde characters. Um, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. He's tanking on a Warrior. or I'm sorry, on a Paladin for the Alliance. And I'm playing a Void Elf Mage. So our, our combination is going really well. We get instant dungeon queues. We're just going out, just slaughtering things. Questing is seamless. It's just fun. I'm, I'm having fun with Warcraft again, which is what I wanted. Because for the longest time there, I wasn't having fun with it, which is why I was only jumping in and selling stuff on the auction house or just jumping in and checking my, my you know, my items or, or doing like one or two quests a day for the for the for the world quest rewards. Uh, the game has been pretty dull to me, which is why I stopped raiding back in uh, September of 2017. Um, so, so now that I'm interested in it again, now that I'm leveling up a Void Elf Mage, that's going to be my main character for the rest of my Warcraft life, so to speak, just because um I, I play casually now, so I figured, you know, having a DPS glass cannon as, as a main character would be beneficial. So that way I can just go in and do things whenever I want. I don't have to whenever worry about. To. Yeah, I don't have to worry about something else or that, you know, D mages DPS is always one of the top every single expansion. So I all, all I needed to get is like a basic set of gear and I can pretty much do whatever as terms in terms of questing in the actual world. Uh, if I have a lot of fun with it and if I could find time, I may try to stream like one raid every other week or something on Twitch. Uh, once the, once the expansion comes out and just jump in using the looking for group tool with just with some randoms or, or do whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely having fun with Warcraft again, which is, which is making me happy. Um, the last game I played this week, I can't really talk about yet because the embargo is not up, but I did want to mention, I have been playing dragon's crown pro. Um, we did get an early copy of it from our friends over at, uh, at Atlas and, and Sega. They, they gave us an early, early access to the game. Uh, Preview embargo is up soon. Preview embargo is up on May 1st, which is tomorrow. So I will have a video going up on the YouTube channel tomorrow afternoon of basically the first hour of Dragon's Crown Pro. Uh, review embargo is the week after, so my review will be posted um, around then for, for this game. But I will say that if, if you like the original Dragon's Crown, you're going to like Dragon's Crown Pro. So, but, but tune in tomorrow on the YouTube channel. Obviously we have game oracles as well tomorrow, but tomorrow afternoon we'll have a first look at dragon's crown pro before the game actually comes out. So, so that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Let's go ahead. That's all I've been playing though. So let's go ahead and move into the weekly scoop news report. We've got 19 items on the docket to talk about this week, but 19. a lot, a, 19, but a good chunk of them near the end are obviously some release dates. So as always, we kick things off with big news. We got two things to talk about. The first one is the comparison Xbox Live Games with Gold versus PlayStation Plus for the month of May 2018. We'll All right. I'm actually really excited for this because I just canceled my PlayStation Plus because I believe nothing beneficial. Let's see if they can bring me back. Ooh. You might you might want to. You might want to. OK, we'll see. Xbox Games with Gold for May 2018 available for the entire month. Super Mega Baseball 2. May 1st to May 31st, normally a $30 game. Um, never, I've never played those games. So we'll have to see if, um, I don't know. I don't know anything about those games, uh, from May 16th to June 15th, Metal Gear Solid five, the Phantom pain. 
which was already free for PlayStation Plus several months ago. Yes. But it's finally good that Xbox is now giving it away for free as well. On Xbox 360, from May 1st to May 15th, you'll get the Sega Vintage Collection, Streets of Rage, which is also backwards compatible with Xbox One. And from May 16th to May 31st, Vanquish, also backwards compatible on Xbox One. Vanquish is a great game, by the way. It was. Vanquish is a great game. Uh, PlayStation Plus for May 2018. For PlayStation 4, you'll get Rayman Legends, you'll get King Oddball, and you'll get Beyond Two Souls. Gone. <laughs> I, I literally canceled it the day that we're recording this podcast. That's when they canceled my PlayStation Plus. So yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Beyond Two Souls is free for the month of May 2018. Uh, <sighs> on, on PlayStation 3, you'll also get that King Oddball game, but you'll also get Eat Them, which I've not heard of, and Risen 3 Titan Lords from Deep Silver. And then on the Vita, you'll get that King Oddball as well. So that one's playable on all three. And then a game called Furman's. This is a tough one here, though, for me in terms of seeing who won this month, because I'll tell you right now, I love Beyond Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls is a fantastic game, but I also like Metal Gear Solid Five and I like Vanquish. So it's tough for me. It's this month is tough. I really like Rayman, though. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think I'm gonna have to give the nod to PlayStation. Uh, I'm going to declare it a tie. Okay, a tie is good. A tie is good. I think it's a fair tie. A fair, a fair tie. I, I, I'm slightly leaning in favor of Sony just because of Beyond Two Souls and Rayman, um, but but I think tie is fair. I think a tie is fair. And what's really cool, obviously, Detroit Become Human comes out later the, uh, later the, um, in May, May 25th. Beyond Two Souls is their most previous game, so they're getting that for free the same month Detroit becomes out. If you pre-purchase Detroit Become Human on the PlayStation Four, if you if you pre-purchase it digitally, which I know sometimes you do, you also mm-hmm. get a free copy of Heavy Rain, which was their first game. So you'll actually have all three of their games on the PS4 if you do that. Oh, I'm being enticed already. That's <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what happens. I try to save money, then I record back level, and I'm broke again. Mm-hmm. Yep, it happens just, every week, just, dude. Just, just, wait until, just wait until later on when I kickstart my heart. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. All right, we'll call it a tie for this month. Uh, our other big piece of news this week, Nintendo has finally announced their E3 2018 official plans. I don't know if you saw this the other day. No, we, I have, we have a lot of Nintendo news to talk about today on the podcast, which is kind of cool because Nintendo released a lot of things over the past uh, past week. So obviously we know that they're having the Splatoon 2 World Championship at E3. That's going to be taking place on June 11th from 3.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific. Qualifying teams representing the United States and Canada, Japan, Europe, and Australia, New Zealand will ink their way to glory in the opening rounds. The finals take place on June 12th. So that all is, take pl- that all is taking place on um, Monday and Tuesday of E3 week. Their E3 Direct, the video presentation, as we all know, is taking place Tuesday, June 12th at 9 a.m. Pacific. So it'll be noon Eastern time. Uh, It will debut a video presentation featuring games releasing in 2018, including the recently announced Super Smash Brothers game, which is fully playable at E3, they said. Super Smash Brothers is fully playable at E3. We're actually going to get that game this year. We're actually actually getting this game this year. Um, Yeah, the, the game is fully playable at E3. But but the big thing to take away there is that their video presentation, just like last year, is going to focus on games releasing in 2018. We may see a tease just like last year. Obviously, we got a tease for Metroid Prime 4 and we got a little bit of a tease for the Pokemon game on the Switch. We do get like little teases. We might get one or two for games coming in 2019, but don't expect a lot for 2019. They are going to be focusing on games coming in 2018. 
The Nintendo Treehouse Live is going to be taking place from June 12th to June 14th. It starts right after the conclusion of the video presentation, just like every single year. Uh, Nintendo Treehouse Live E3 2018 will begin three days of live gameplay, appearances by developers, and an insider look at games, starting with the upcoming Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo Switch. So right after the video presentation ends, we're going to move right into Smash Brothers with the Treehouse, which is awesome. And then the Smash Brothers Invitational, which uh, that also starts on June 12th and will also start right after the conclusion of the Splatoon 2 World Championship that same day. It says here the Super Smash Brothers Invitational 2018 tournament, which will pit invited players against each other in the newly announced Super Smash Brothers game for Nintendo Switch. A few fans who come dressed as their favorite Nintendo character on June 12th may be chosen to play the upcoming Smash Brothers game on stage during an exhibition kind of matches that aren't part of the tournament. Uh, tickets are issued on site at the Balesco Theater in Los Angeles each day of the event. Additional details about how fans can attend in person will be shared in the future. And as always, they'll be streaming all this stuff at the Nintendo Store in New York as well, because they always do. They always do. I may have to actually just head over there since I can't make it out. I could probably just hit the Nintendo Store. And... Do you think you'd be able to take like an extended lunch that day and check out the the thing over there? How, how close is that to your work? No, I'm not. It's not that close. It's, I don't oh. have that long of a lunch. But I, I, I could possibly take a day off. I wish you would, because I would love to have you on the I, w- I would love to have you on the stream for it. I might be able to do that. We'll see. I got, I got to schedule things around. I'm in a bit of a weird thing with work, but we'll see. If you could just do Nintendo's, because the Nintendo is obviously the, the one that I would want you there for, because that's going to be where your biggest reactions happen. Obviously, yeah. with... um. With Monday, it'd be cool for you to be there. It'd be I would love for you to take Monday and Tuesday off that week if you can do it. But if you can only get one, I would prefer Tuesday because of Nintendo. Because all you're missing on Monday will be will be half of Ubisoft. You'll probably get home while I'm still watching Ubisoft to be able to jump right into the conference. Take the train on Monday. I could probably do it. Is, will that get you home quicker? No, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying I, w- I wouldn't be home. I would be. I would go to the Nintendo store. Oh play no! Stream, but but I can stream with my play stream with my phone. Oh, I guess you could. It would be really noisy on your end, but I guess you could. <laughs> just, we'll, go, we'll see. just go maybe home. I'll, maybe I'll just come home. Just go home. Just go home because that makes it easier. Um, plus, you'll be in, you know, much better quality if you did that. But no, if you could get both days off, that'd be sweet. I hope you can. And I, I, I know you said you were going to try. So, you know, you know, I will. Yeah, you know I, I, know, I know that you said you were going to try. But if you can only get one, get Nintendo's. Get Tuesday the 12th because that's the that's the most important one for us. But my birthday's the 13th. I'd rather be off my birthday. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know we got three games to talk about this week in terms of game announcements. Let's start with the first one. Developer and publisher Calcat has announced Riddled Corpses EX, an upgraded remaster of developer Diabolical Minds June 2015 released PC twin stick shooter. And this is coming to PS4, Xbox One and the Vita Q2 2018. So it's coming soon. Uh, the screenshots look cool. It's like pixel art, uh, but it's a twin stick shooter. So the, the screenshots that I'm looking at this look kind of cool. Uh, It says here, this is a frantic arcade style twin stick shooter. Riddled Corpses EX is made in the style of eight and 16 bit arcade games alone or with a friend travel through diverse locations packed with danger and huge bosses. Choose your character wisely and make good use of their abilities and the special items to progress and destroy the root of evil. This one looks looks pretty good. I say this game looks cool. The pixel arts are really pretty. So the game looks really, really cool. I'll have to keep an eye on this one because I love twin stick shooters. I love Housemark. Obviously, this is not Housemark, but I love Housemark style games. Twin stick shooters are so much fun. 
Bandai Namco has announced 1111 Memories Retold, a story-driven narrative adventure presented within an art style reminiscent of paintings, developed in collaboration with animation studio Ardman Animations and game developer DigiArt Studio. This is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. A release date was not yet announced. 1111 Memories Retold brings together amazing talents from game and animation studios along with top music production and narration to create a grippingly emotional story experienced through the lens of World War One. We do have a trailer for this to watch tomorrow on Game Oracles. Nice. So, as always, join us tomorrow morning on, on YouTube and check it out. Because I'm interested in this. Obviously, I love story-driven narrative adventure games. And the art style is very gorgeous here. Because, like I said, it is like a painting. And I have a feeling it's going to be emotional since it's World War One. So, we'll have to see how this goes. I, I'm, I, I don't know if you ever played the game that was based off of uh, World War II. Um, man, what was the name of that game? Vandal uh, called Call of Duty? Oh, no, no, no. Um, Valiant Hearts. No. That game was so good. That game was so good. The last game announced this week, Nintendo and Psy Games have announced a partnership. This is a smartphone game, but it's an interesting one here because it's a it's an actual new game. So a partnership to release a new smartphone action RPG titled Dragalia Lost, which is launching worldwide in 2018, including North America, Europe, but it will obviously launch in Japan first, uh, launching in Japan this summer, but it will also come to North America and Europe later this year. The two companies are co-developing and will jointly operate the game as a shared vision of a new gaming experience with worldwide appeal. For the purpose of facilitating the partnership, Nintendo will obtain approximately 5% of Games issued stocks, mainly through a third party allocation of its treasury stock. We do have a trailer to watch this tomorrow on Game Oracles. So, again, it's a smartphone game, but it's Nintendo, so it has to be mentioned. Because Nintendo smart Nintendo smartphone games, they're not all bad. They're usually fun for a while, and then they lose oh, their and then they lose their appeal because their services. This one here is a legit action RPG, so it might just be fun one time playing through and then be done with it. So we'll have to see how this goes. But I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely interested in checking this out tomorrow on Game Oracles. Let's talk sales and revenue. We got three stories to get through today. Obviously, we got some financials that came out over the past week. Nintendo Switch has now sold 17.79 million units to consumers worldwide as of March 31st. So within their first year, they moved through almost 18 million units, which is damn impressive. Damn impressive. That's like That's this many. Yeah. According to its latest earnings release, Nintendo forecasts it will ship an additional 20 million switches between April 2018 and March 2019. I 100% believe that because we have Super Smash Brothers coming this year. We most likely have Pokemon coming this year. We have Animal Crossing coming this year. We got some heavy hitters coming. I, I fully believe that they will switch. They will they will be able to sell through 20 million more on top of what they sold through by March 2019. If they don't, Brian will eat a piece of paper saying, suck it, Brian. <laughs> no, I don't make dumb. I don't make dumb bets. I don't oh, make dumb man. bets. Um, interestingly enough, though, they also updated their sales numbers for first party switch titles. So we have that as well. Super Mario Odyssey is now at 10.41 million units sold. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is at 9.22 million sold. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is at 8.48 million sold. Splatoon 2 is at 6.02 million sold. 1-2 Switch is at 2.29 million sold. Wow. Arms, yeah, I know. Arms is at 1.85 million sold. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 at 1.31 million sold. Kirby Star Allies, 1.29 million sold. That's within a month, dude. That's within a month. Yeah. And then Pocket Tournament DX is at 1.16 million sold. Uh, no numbers for Labo yet, because I think this was released right around the same time Labo came out. Uh, we, we should have Labo numbers probably next month or the month after, which I'm assuming that's going to sell like hotcakes. 
Well, if, if I may, just for a little aside, have yeah. you seen some of the cool things people have been making with Labo? Yes, I have. I saw somebody made a fully functional Game & Watch, the, the juggler game. Mm-hmm. They've, they've also made Pokemon move around and react. It's pretty cool. I kind of want one now. No. Well, I wanted one in general. We've been talking about this, that we wanted one because of all the, you know, the things that you could do. But, you, but, but you know, if I buy it, it'll be at some that place that is not GameStop. No, you'll probably go to GameStop. No, uh, probably Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> Best Buy's fine, too. Best Buy's good, especially if you have GCU, dude. You'll get it. Uh, I think you can actually get Labo there cheaper with GCU. So let's uh, let's stick with Nintendo sales for a minute, though, because we found out that total sales for the Super NES Classic Edition are now at 5.28 million units sold as of March 31st. Wow, they made that many. And they're making more. It's As of last week, it was available again in stores. Because they made like 200,000 NES Classics, so... Like two million, but yeah. <laughs> but remember, the NES Classic goes on sale again this summer. And I will have it. It shall be mine. I will buy it, too. I'm absolutely buying it. But I just think it's impressive that this thing has sold almost five and a half million units. And it's only been out since September. This thing is uh, it's amazing. It's great. <laughs> it's great. No, it is. It is. It's absolutely great. This thing is amazing. Yeah, so that means because the last time sales were reported was in January and it was at four million. So that means uh, in in the first form in the first three months of the of the twenty eighteen calendar year they sold one point two eight million units, which is awesome because that means they are regularly being stocked at stores. It, which is awesome because you can play Final Fantasy VI in its completion on the Super Nintendo Classic. Which you did. Yeah, yeah which you did. Let's deviate a little bit from Nintendo for a second. Worldwide total shipments for PlayStation 4 are now at 79 million, Sony announced in its financial results for the fiscal year ending March 31st, 2018. A total of 2.5 million PlayStation 4s were shipped during the fourth quarter 2017, which is down 0.4 million from the same period from the previous year. Uh, so they, they didn't hit the same number that they did in 2016 for the fiscal year in its entirety. A total number, a total of 19 million PlayStation 4s were shipped, which is down 1 million from the previous fiscal year. So the previous the previous year, they sold 20 million in 2016 and 2017. They only sold 19 million, which isn't that's that's, you know, that's only saying 19 million. It's still freaking awesome. It's still more than the switch sold. So it's still an impressive number. It's still more than the switch. Um, it, it's two for million now. More, for, for now, for now, for now, two million more than the switch. I do think, obviously, the, you know, the PS4 reaching 79 million. And if if Jason Schreier is to be believed, and I know he is with the PS5 coming in 2020, I think the PS4 will reach 100 million by the time the PS5 comes out. I guarantee next year, let's say 2018, it's probably going to sell 17 million this year. The PS4, maybe, maybe a little bit of a bump because of things like God of War and things like Spider-Man coming out this year that are heavy hitters. So you might still reach you. You might still reach 18 or 19 million, but I could see easily 17 million PS4s being sold this year just because, you know, people we already have our PS4s now. 79 million people owning a PS4. That's awesome, dude. That's you're almost to the point where the PS4 is about to pass the, the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. And it could potentially I mean, do that just this fiscal year. Just, just wait until uh, Kingdom Hearts comes out. Yeah, so Kingdom Hearts will get a nice big bump, too. Kingdom Hearts will give it a big bump. And that's supposedly this year with obviously Red Dead Redemption 2 also being this year. There's some big third party stuff this year. Uh, oh, Dragon, yeah. Dragon Quest 11. So the, these games are potential, have the potential to, especially with Dragon Quest over in Japan, has the potential to move systems for Sony. So they, they could get a nice big bump for the, from those kind of games. So I think it's I think it's reasonable to say the PS4 is going to reach 100 million, which is what I've been saying all along. I thought I'm the PS4 call 200 million. I'd be amazing, but it's just not happening. Uh, but but 
what, what what's more interesting to me is the fact that the Nintendo Switch is moving on a much faster trajectory yeah. than the PS4. So, you know, the PS4 has been out since 2013 and it's just now almost at 80 million. The Switch has been out for one year and it's already almost at 20 million. So uh, if if the Switch doesn't slow down, the Switch could potentially catch up to the one, the, the PS2. The Switch could potentially catch the PS2 if it doesn't slow down. And if it, if it continues to gain momentum because of things like Pokemon, because you got to remember, you look at the 3DS, like the entire 3DS crowd is going to move to the Switch when Pokemon comes out. If Pokemon releases this holiday season, I could easily sell the, I could easily see them selling between 10 and 15 million Switches to Pokemon fans alone that have a 3DS that want to oh, play the new Pokemon. We are loyal. Well, that's what I'm saying. And, and the game's not coming out on a handheld device on the 3DS, so they're going to have to have a Switch to play it. And I could easily see all of those Pokemon fans buying a Switch for that game, for just that game. So we'll have to see. Hurry up and release it, Nintendo. I need my Pokemans. Hurry up and release it because you're just sitting on a ton of sales. You're sitting on a ton of sales right there. You're, you're printing money, baby. Just yeah, give it to us. Yeah, you basically are. We got one tease and leak to talk about this week. Following an Australian rating in early February, the Korean Game Rating Board has rated Hitman Sniper Assassin for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. A game called Hitman Sniper Assassin has yet to be officially announced by developer IO Interactive. However, two similarly titled games do exist, Hitman Sniper for iOS and Android and Hitman Sniper Challenge for PS3, Xbox 360, and PC. So this could be more not necessarily like a full fledged hitman story driven game, but more kind of like mini games where you're just doing sniper missions or, or, or taking out targets from afar. Fingers crossed is a new one. I'm just I'm I hope so, too. Hope. I hope I so too. It, man. Did you play the most recent one? The one that was episodic? Yeah, it was it amazing. Actually, it, it was amazing. It was, it was freaking great. Yeah, that game was amazing. That game was amazing. So I'm down for a new Hitman. Um, crazy that obviously IO Interactive is on their own now because obviously, you know, they they got dropped, but they're still making Hitman games, which is great because that's their franchise. So they're, they're still going strong with it. Everything else we got to talk about today is under the random news. We have a ton of things to talk about under random news, but we're going to kick things off with something big here. Tatsumi Kimishima will retire as the representative director and president of Nintendo on June 28th. Good. It, why Good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, he's, he, he has done nothing wrong. <laughs> I know. I'm just a jerk. Uh, current director and managing executive officer Shantaro Furukawa will be taking over as the new director and president of Nintendo. Furukawa, who is 46 years old, first joined Nintendo in April of 1994. Outside of director and managing executive officer, he is also the current general manager of the corporate planning department, supervisor of corporate analysis and the administration division, and leads the global marketing department. Um, he is also heavily involved with Game Freak and Pokemon, the new the new president. So, Thank God. Yeah. So he, he has a very strong relationship with Game Freak and po in, in the Pokemon company. So I, I have a feeling that the, the Pokemon relationship could potentially only get better under Shantaro Furukawa. On top of that, he's, he's a young guy in relation. He's a young so guy. He, yeah. When, when, when Satoru Iwata took over as president, he was 42. That's what I was going to say. You know, Mr. Iwata was young. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Iwata was young. So when he officially took over, he was 42. Obviously, Furukawa is not the youngest. I think Iwata still is the youngest Nintendo president of all time in terms of when he took over. But I and I and I, and I looked up for Okawa. I think I think he's good things, man. He he is fully he is fully fluent in English. 
just like Awada. He is fully fluent in English. So that means he will be, you know, obviously Tatsumi Kimishima, he was never a face. We, we had to deal with, you know, some of the other Nintendo people that were fluent in English. Yeah. I have a feeling Shantaro Furukawa will definitely be right up there with, with Reggie always on camera at these directs. And maybe we'll see him. Uh, well, actually, we won't because the guy is retiring on June 28th and that's when he takes over. But we might see him he, during he the, might we he might see him there in the E3 direct. That would be cool if we did. Like if that was like his formal introduction to the to the to the world, that would be kind of neat. So we'll have to see. Um, we also found out that Nintendo will announce more information about Nintendo Switch online. It's paid subscription service that will expand the online functionality of the Switch early May. So we're literally weeks away, if not just a week away from finding out what the Nintendo Switch online service is going to be. Um, quote, Nintendo Switch Online, a paid subscription service that will expand the online functionality of Nintendo Switch, will begin in September of this year, Tatsumi Kimishima said. The service will provide consumers with a richness of online features that allow them to continuously enjoy Nintendo Switch. More information will be presented on our website in early May. For $20 a month, you could have swap notes. No, it's $20 a year. <laughs> oh, a year? Yeah. Well, it's, only, it's, only 20, for... it's only 20 bucks that is, a year. That, that is a good uh, price for swap notes, then. I know. I know it's only 20 bucks a year. Uh, and remember, this is also they were they were saying that you would be able to download classic games as well from the NES and SNES, but they would always be rotating out every single month. So we'll have to see if they stick with that. Nintendo also said that they are preparing new Nintendo 3DS titles for release in 2019 and beyond. So I really don't think that they're going. So my understanding here, based based on what they're saying here, I don't think that we're going to see another handheld device. I think they're sticking with the 3DS. Which is fine, which is fine. Well, I think maybe, maybe permanently. Maybe. I, I wouldn't count it. I, I think there might be like a Switch hybrid that'll eventually come out. That'll... But that will kill the 3DS. Yes. But until then, I don't think they're going to release another Nintendo DS family of systems. I think oh, okay, the 3DS, okay, okay. this is what I'm saying. I think the, D, the 3DS is the last true handheld for Nintendo. I think everything else we see now will be the hybrid stuff. I really do. Um, it says here, quote, we will continue the Nintendo 3DS business by leveraging its installed base and rich software library, Tatsumi Kimishima said. We believe it is important to leverage the rich library of Nintendo 3DS series titles to drive sales with existing 3DS owners, as well as with consumers who recently purchased the Nintendo 3DS hardware and are investigating strategies for doing so. Kimishima continued, in addition to the titles currently on sale, we have announced the coming release of the titles shown below, which I'll list off here in a second. We are even preparing new software for release in 2019 and beyond. Our plan is to continue maintaining the business by taking advantage of new titles like these. So they're announced DS library right now. In May, we're getting Dylan's Dead Heat Breakers. In June, we're getting Sushi Striker, The Way of Sushido. In July, we're getting Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. In August, we're getting WarioWare Gold. Later this year, we're getting Luigi's Mansion. And in 2019, we're getting Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story plus Bowser Jr.'s Journey. So... I kind of like what they're doing here. So obviously the 3DS, it's nothing like it used to be. We were getting, you know, five, 10 games a month on the 3DS at one point. Triple A titles. Yeah. <laughs> they're just now basically relegating the 3DS to one game a month, which I think is all that it needs at this point in its life cycle. It's on the back end, but it's, yeah. it's still, it, there, there's enough games out there. It's still worth buying a 3DS. It is. Or a, or a 2DS if you're one of those dorks. That's what we have. I know. <laughs> well, we, we don't we don't have the, the the stacked one. We have the the actual collapsible orange and I white know, I know, 2ds. I, saw, I, I, I can see it. It's in the, yeah, it's in the, the background. Yeah, the box is right there. <laughs> but we also have like four or five 3ds's as well. I've got all my Legend of Zelda Special Edition 3ds's. Jessica has her gigantic pink and white 3ds. Um, I have my old school. Like I have, we have a ton of 3ds's, dude. They're they're over there somewhere. Yeah, we have a, <laughs> we got a ton. Every time they release special ones, I always cave and buy something. So. 
Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Shadow of the Tomb Raider was officially announced after that teaser trailer we saw last month. Uh, we do we do have the official trailer to watch tomorrow on Game Oracles. So as always, join us and check it out. But let's talk a little bit about the game. Experience Laura Croft's defining moment as she becomes the Tomb Raider. In Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Laura must master a deadly jungle, overcome terrifying tombs, and persevere through her darkest hour. As she races to save the world from a Maya apocalypse, Laura will ultimately be forged into the Tomb Raider she is destined to be. Master an unforgiving jungle setting in order to survive. Explore underwater environments filled with crevices and deep tunnel systems. Outgunned and outnumbered, Lara must use the jungle to her advantage. Strike suddenly and disappear like a jaguar. Use mud as camouflage and instill fear in enemies to sow chaos. Professor Chaos. Tombs are more terrifying than ever before, requiring advanced traversal techniques to reach them. And once inside, they are filled with deadly puzzles. And you can also discover a hidden city and explore the biggest hub ever space ever in a tomb raider game that sounds awesome yeah agreed 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 there will be a season pass for this game that will also include seven challenge tombs seven weapons seven outfits seven skills and multiple narrative side missions released sporadically one of each of those above will be exclusive to the season pass so you'll be able to buy everything outside the season pass for, you know, in piecemeal if you wanted to for probably more expensive. But um, if you if you pick up the season pass, you will get one exclusive of all of those. I just love everything you said. It sounded like Tomb Raider meets Uncharted meets Metal mm-hmm. Gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which are all things which, which you know, uh, what, what, what sticks out to me the most is obviously camouflaging yourself with mud. I wonder if that yeah. means the environment is actually interactable, that, that Laura will actually be able to, you know, kind of, you know, OK, oh, well, here's some mud here. Let me just, you know, smear it around and try to blend in. You know, that would be cool if you Mark have the ability Croft to do mud that. Wrestling. All right. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, again, we have the trailer to watch for this tomorrow on Game Oracle. So join us and check it out. And I'm sure we'll be seeing more of this game at E3. Uh, this one, this story here is interesting. Firewatch developer Campo Santo has been acquired by Valve. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. So Valve Valve is still out there buying studios. So they picked up Campo Santo, which I think is a good move because Firewatch is great. And they're obviously working on that new game in the Valley of Gods. Uh, Campo Santo is a very small studio, though. They only have 12 staff members. So they, they are a very small studio. But people are people are now starting to speculate why Valve may have picked them up. And obviously the first logical choice is Half-Life 3. <laughs> I don't think they're going to make Half-Life 3 into a walking simulator. Let's not kid ourselves. No, guys. no. Uh, Jin Fujisawa, who directed Dragon Quest IX Sentinels of the Starry Skies and version one of Dragon Quest X Online, has left Square Enix, the developer announced on Twitter. According to Fujisawa, he is currently taking on a new challenge at a different company and hopes to create the opportunity to share an update relatively soon. So I'm curious where this guy is going, because this is a big name guy that was at Square Enix. It's obviously not the creator of Dragon Quest, but it's a guy that is very instrumental in the success of Dragon Quest. So let me tell you his credentials here. He was the scenario assistant for Dragon Quest 7 on the PlayStation 1 in 2000. He was the scenario assistant for Dragon Quest 4 on the PS1 in 2001. He was the scenario assistant for Dragon Quest 5 on the PS2 in 2004. He was on the scenario staff for Dragon Quest 8 on the PS2 in 2004. He was the battle director of Dragon Quest monsters joker for the ds in 2009 he was the actual director of dragon quest 9 which is a fantastic game for the nintendo ds in 2009 he was the scenario draft and scenario writer for elec which is a mobile title in 2010 
He was the actual director and scenario guy for Dragon Quest 10 online version one for the Wii in 2012 and version two in 2014. He was the scenario draft guy for Mugen Nights on smartphones in 2015 and then some Japanese titles and more recently in 2016 and 2017 that I, that I don't know how to pronounce. So this this guy is instrumental in a lot of the success of Dragon Quest. And if he's moving on and it says here that he's taking on a new challenge at a different company, that means he went somewhere, obviously somewhere like either Bandai Namco or which is where or Sega or or something like that. So I'm curious to see where he ends up. And I, I'm I'm very anticipating if it could be leading to another RPG series being made. You took the words out of my mouth. I was like, I was going to say, we could probably hedge our bets on either Bandai Namco or Sega. So. Yep. Yep. Well, because those are the most obvious choices. That's why I was going to say it. Yeah, those are the most obvious choices. So we'll have to see if he ends up at one of those two places, because I think he would do great at either one of those two. Obviously, he's dude's super talented. I love Dragon he's Quest. He's working Everyone on that. Shenmue 4. There you go. There you go. Sega, Sega, Sega's like, no, no. As soon as you finish Shenmue 3, we're going to bombard you with Shenmue 4. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some releases coming up here. We got a couple release dates to talk about that were announced for, in fact. The second add-on for Destiny 2, titled Expansion 2 Warmind, is going to launch on May 8th, so next week, for $19.99. I don't know if you still play Destiny 2. I don't. I, I've paid, I've actually been given a season pass, so. Okay, yeah, you were. You actually I, were given it by Bungie, so. So so I could play that, but I probably won't. Yeah. It's not anytime soon. Right. So, yeah, Warmind, not interesting to me, but we do have the trailer to watch for it tomorrow on Game Oracle. So, as always, join us and check it out there. Uh, we found out that Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus for Nintendo Switch, will be launching on June 29th. So that, that has now an official release date. Uh, I can't imagine that being on the Switch. I mean, it's so hard to break that stigma in my head. But Well, yeah, because you look at a game like that, and obviously Bethesda figured out how to get it to run on the Switch. Doom obviously runs great on the Switch. But then yeah. you have you have Bandai Namco struggling to make Dark Souls Remastered run on the Switch. So Bethesda must have found out a way to accurately utilize the Switch. So I I, I have a feeling Bethesda's going to have to share their secrets because they're get, they're getting their games running on the Switch. So Bethesda may have to share their secrets with other people. For money. <laughs> but I am curious to see how this looks on the Switch, and I'm curious to see how this runs on the Switch. Because obviously I played it I, I played it on PC. I know you played it on the PS4. PS4. Um, I'd be curious to see this running on the Switch. Near and dear to my heart, Shining Resonance Refrain will be launching on PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC July 10th. So we're literally uh, two months away from this game coming out. And Shining it, Resonance! Yep. I'm so happy. We do have a new trailer to watch tomorrow for this on Game Oracles as well for the release date announcement. So uh, we'll join us tomorrow and check that out. And then also coming in July, Sonic Mania Plus will be coming to PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch and PC July 17th. Do we know what the plus means or? Uh, I'll keep reading. So obviously we know the game's going to be 30 bucks. Uh, the physical edition of Sonic Mania Plus will include a holographic slipcover, reversible Sega Genesis Mega Drive branded sleeve, and a 32-page Sonic Mania art book, which we already knew because that's what they announced when the game came out or when the game was originally announced. Sonic Mania Plus introduces two new playable characters from past Sonic games, Mighty the Armadillo and Ray the Flying Squirrel, and an encore mode that will provide a fresh look to familiar zones with new challenges and layouts. The competition and time attack modes will also receive an update allowing four-player competitions as well as ghost challenges for time trials um did you, you so you bought the digital version of this right because it was only available digitally yeah which is a is it a free update please it's free update it's not uh but it's way cheaper users who purchased the original digital version of sonic mania will be able to get the new content via the encore downloadable content pack for five dollars go ahead so, <laughs> so um i don't know if that comes with the two new playable characters though we'll see 
because it says the encore mode that is the one that provides a fresh look at familiar zones with new challenges and layouts and the competition and time tack updates. But the actual new characters were talked about before they'd mentioned the encore mode. You may be able to buy those characters piecemeal. You might be able to get everything for cheaper than the $30, I'm assuming. But um, I don't know if you care that much about those characters anyway, so. If anything, it changes the game and makes it a little more exciting, I'd check it out, but. Yeah. We'll see. We'll but, see. The, but the Encore mode for five bucks, I think, is worth it for you because it's so, going to be. In a heart, not even a question. Yeah, I, I definitely think that would be exciting to you. And I'm going to pick up. I'm going to pick this out. Um, I, I, I'm not pick this out. I'm picking this up for the Switch. Physical, physically. Uh, yes, physically on July 17th, because I already said this. I never bought Sonic Mania originally on, on Switch. I was going to. I bought it on PC, if you remember. I bought it on PC and played it there, but I never bought it on Switch like I was going to. I I want this physical edition on July 17th because I want that reversible Sega Genesis cover. But as always, these games are a little ways away. Destiny's next week. Shining Resonance, July 10th. Sonic, July 17th. Let's talk what's releasing this week in the new releases for the week of April 30th. We only have a handful of games this week, not even a handful. Let's kick things off. This game is coming tomorrow, May 1st. It's releasing on Xbox One. It's Battlezone Gold Edition. Battlezone Gold Edition is coming to Xbox One, rebooting the iconic 1980s sci-fi tank shooter for a new generation and a brand new platform. It's almost 10 years to the day that a Battlezone game last launched on Xbox, the Xbox 360 in fact. That is far, far too long apart for two of the most iconic names in gaming, so we're delighted to finally be reuniting Battlezone and Xbox, and really, bringing it to Xbox was an absolute no-brainer. Uh, this game is also already available for PlayStation 4, uh, but it's available uh, in VR mode. So that's, oh, that's yeah, on, on PS4, it's available on PSVR. So, but it, but it will now also be available on the Xbox One. Coming out also tomorrow, Tuesday, May 1st, coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One, it's Super Mega Baseball 2, which if you remember from earlier in the episode, it's free on Xbox Live Games with Gold. So kind of cool that the game's just coming out, but it's already free on the, on the Xbox. Uh, on Xbox. Pretty, pretty neat. Yeah. The critically acclaimed Super Mega Baseball series is back with new visuals, a deep team and league customization and online multiplayer modes. I'm sitting here looking at screenshots of it here on Steam. It definitely has a more cartoony feel to it than like MLB The Show. Uh, the stadiums look great. The art like the actual stadiums look fantastic. The like the city skylines look great in the background. The player models are not like true to life. So, I mean, they're very cartoony okay. and that's what that's kind of makes it cool looking. And they have some really cool looking stadiums that take that like, look like they're in like, you know, other lands or like the jungle or like islands. Uh, this game actually looks kind of fun. It reminds me of like some of the old school NES and SNES baseball games that just were wacky. So I, I think I may actually end up picking this up, especially because it's only like 20 or 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I might buy this on Steam. I might pick this up on Steam. Coming on Thursday. Coming to PC, it's Total War Saga Thrones of Britannia. From the multi-award-winning strategy series, the Total War Saga Throne of Britannia combines huge real-time battles with engrossing turn-based com- uh, with a engrossing turn-based campaign set at a critical flashpoint in history. Anglo-Saxons, Gaelic clans, and Viking settlers clash for control. Which kingdom will you build? Which one would you choose? The, the best vi- one. The the Gaelic Thanks. clan, the Vikings, or the Anglo-Saxons? Vikings. Come on now, you know me. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I think I would play through it as all three. I, I, I can see you playing as a Gaelic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fella! <laughs> <laughs> Just being, being, trying to be Seamus. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, obviously, everyone knows if you listen to me talk, I love this Total War series. This is a game I will eventually pick up. 
especially because it's only 40 bucks. Uh, this is a game I will definitely pick up at some point in the future, but not right now. Not right now. Uh, the only game that I'm interested this week actually picking up right away, coming this Friday on Nintendo Switch, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. I definitely did a 180 on this one. I just, like, you know, it's I'm so glad. stupid to have this game out. But I saw some gameplay footage. I saw the commercial they've been running. And it looks great. It looks really good. It <laughs> looks a little bit better than it did on the Wii U. It, do it does. And I don't think it adds. Well, actually, let me read here. It might add some stuff. It does, actually. Barrel blast into a critically acclaimed Donkey Kong adventure as this beloved franchise makes its Nintendo Switch debut with a banana bunch of new features. Traverse islands packed with platforming perfection and nonstop action as the classic Kongs in the original game or mix things up by playing the story as Funky Kong in new funky mode. And I think Funky Kong is the one that is on a surfboard, right? Yeah. And he basically and actually showed him in the commercial. Too, yeah. So. But he makes the game trivial. Like if you're struggling with the game, you just jump on him and his surfboard literally can just he, he's kind of like invincible mode, like what you used to get in some uh, of the, the, uh, the, the like the Yoshi uh, Yoshi games where you could just kind of turn invincibility on um, or the Mario games where you get the white. Uh, yeah. Um, yep. Yep. With leaf. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Arctic invaders have turned Donkey Kong Island into their personal frozen fortress, and it's up to you to save the day. Play as Donkey Kong in original mode and team up with Diddy Kong, Dixie Kong, and Cranky Kong, each with unique abilities to overcome platforming challenges and frosty foes. For a more accessible experience, start a game in funky mode. Yeah, see here, right here, accessible experience. Start a game in funky mode to enjoy a range of gameplay updates and a new main character option. Spectacular surfing Simeon Funky Kong. His extra hearts and unique abilities make for a more relaxed gaming experience. And no matter which mode you choose, a wealth of collectibles and two-player co-op round out the fun. Uh, this is something I've always been interested in. And this is something that I have also always got. I'm stumbling on that. Always been interested in since it was announced for the Switch. So this is this one. This is the only thing that actually interests me for this week. And I think I'm going to be picking it up. And I know I think you I are, think, too. I was going to say, it's a pretty easy pick of the week. Uh, yeah, pick, pick of the week this week. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze for the Switch. That's 100% pick of the week this week. Like I said, it, it got your boy to do a 180. And I never really faltered yep. from my, my spot. But yep. they sold. I'm just, just looking at it. It sold me. Agreed. 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 All right, let's get into something a little bit different here. Something that we could have reported last week on the podcast, but we didn't because I was waiting to see if there was any anything else that came out about this. And and, and some more things have obviously happened. And, and it definitely points to the fact that it seems like it's true. So I want to read the article. Then this was posted last week. This was on Polygon. Polygon broke the story. Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is not going to include a traditional single player story mode, according to sources with knowledge of the project status. The shift in creative direction will make Black Ops 4 the first mainline Call of Duty to ship without a standard campaign. When reached for comment, an Activision spokesperson said, we don't comment on rumor and speculation. We look forward to revealing Black Ops 4 on May 17th. The sources who asked to remain anonymous, said that as Black Ops 4's release date approached, it became evident that development on the single-player campaign would not be completed. One source said Treyarch has since focused Black Ops 4 development on expanding multiplayer and the series' popular zombie mode. The source described an emphasis on cooperative modes as a potential stand-in for the typical single-player campaign experience. So this is interesting here. The, the, the article continues to go on and on and all. Um... At the end here, I think this is interesting because it says the tagline for Black Ops 4 is forget what you know, which speaks to the series fascination with mind control, though perhaps it also doubles as a message to fans, encouraging them to reconsider what makes a complete Call of Duty game. Um, and I think this is an interesting, uh, interesting discussion to have right now, because typically Call of Duty campaigns are great. They I, are. I, I will say right now that the only reason I play Call of Duty games is for the single player campaign. I love going through the campaign. I love seeing, seeing the story. I don't care about 
the multiplayer. I never have. I jump in and check a few matches out, and I get destroyed, and I move out. Because it's the same thing every time. I mean, a little tweak here and there, but... Yeah, but it's the same thing. If you're good at one Call of Duty multiplayer, you're going to be good at them all. If you're bad, you're going to be bad at them all, which I'm bad, so I don't have fun with them. Uh, But I also don't really like multiplayer gaming that much, but I love the storytelling that Call of Duty has always done, whether it be by Treyarch, whether it be by Infinity Ward, whether it be by, you know, Sledgehammer Games. I think all three of those studios have mastered the, the storytelling when it comes to Call of Duty games. But this is interesting right now because a discussion that we had earlier in the show was about God of War, which is totally single player. And a it go- great experience. Single yeah. Player. And it goes to obviously this whole movement that Sony and Bethesda are doing the hashtag safe player one. That's a movement being spearheaded by Sony and by Bethesda because they want these single player experiences to remain. And and I think this is a good topic to have right now because Call of Duty typically is the best selling video game every single year or at least one yes. of the best selling. But you have to wonder now, how many of those people actually do buy it for the single player? That's a good question. I mean, I love Lops. Like, it's one of my favorite series out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like you said, you nailed it right on the head. I play for the story. Mm -hmm. I stick around for the multiplayer. Right. But But you buy the game to experience the story and go through it. I don't even play multiplayer until I do the story and I complete it 100% because I want to like which is is how I played the Halo games as well like I would never jump into the multiplayer until I finished the the story in Halo if Halo was a multiplayer only game I don't think I'd buy it I mean don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with the multiplayer in any of these games no Uh, I I, I generally enjoy myself I know Brian's not a big shooter guy but Mm -hmm. I generally enjoy myself in these games Uh, Mm -hmm. I like teaming up with friends and but there's it's only part of the game like it's part of the experience if this game was only a multiplayer experience they definitely shouldn't have the stones to charge us 60 bucks for it. Agreed. Uh, but they I, will. And they will. And I'm willing to bet. I'm just going out there. I have read nothing on this, so this is my own. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet you that we, we they're going to sacrifice story for Battle Royale. Oh, maybe. I, I mean, isn't like Raven Software working with them? I think so. So it's not out of the realm of possibility on this game? Right. No, that's a good point. It could be. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that maybe, you know, they're just being tight-lipped on it because it's a good story and they don't want to give any spoilers, much like they did with the Avengers movie. That also demands your silence. Don't you spoil anything for any of your friends. Uh, I mean, like exactly. I haven't seen it, and I don't know that I will see it right away. So, I recommend watching it as soon as possible because some jerk's going to ruin it for you, and this is an experience. you already seen it? I saw it uh, before everyone else because I had a special fan experience. But oh, really that's awesome. right. That's right. You were telling yeah. us about that. You were telling us about that. Um, yeah, Justin actually went and saw it today, the day we're recording Saturday. He went and uh, saw it this morning. Sean went and saw it yesterday morning, Friday. Right, 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 seriously, it's amazing. You're going to, your jaw's going to be but which, I can't tell you a single thing. Oh, no, I, and I get that, but it's weird because, like, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it has an average rating of a 7.5 out of 10. So, like, it, it definitely isn't getting as much praise from people that are going to see it as, as I thought it would. Just watch. That's fine, I, that's I, fine. Okay, but, but let's, 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 let's just bring this back to video. Sure, here. sure, sure, uh, sure. Like I said, that's that's my hope. That's my prayer here that this game has a really good story. That they want to just keep on the hush hush. It doesn't. But the but the rumors the rumors seem too ingrained. Like these these sources are probably legit. Yeah. And this is gonna and this is gonna suck. I mean, I Destiny. Let's use Destiny as another Destiny, example. Destiny, great. Yeah, good, good, good comparison. Yeah. Uh, the game you have to play it online with everyone, which is already a bit of a pain in the butt. Right. If you just want to play, if you just want to play the game by yourself, mm-hmm. uh, but without the story, it's just a mediocre Halo clone. 
which Destiny 1 was because it didn't have a story. Destiny 2, I'd argue it has a story, but... Destiny Destiny 1 had the slightest story that you could possibly get to consider it a story. There really wasn't one. No, there wasn't. Destiny Uh, 1 really didn't have a story, but Destiny 2 had a story, but you and I finished it in two sittings. I want to be in... And we got to level 20 in two sittings. Maybe maybe we're maybe we're spoiled just by good games, but I want to be engrossed by the story, especially something like uh, agreed. If Legend of Zelda was the same every single time, and then all of, uh, you know their, their newest game just deviated everything we loved and just gave us you know some of the same but none, none of the great, we hate it. I mean, like, well, I don't know. Well, let's let, let's let's use that because Breath of the Wild did do that. Brother of the Wild just opened it up to an open world. They didn't. They didn't take away anything that you really truly loved about. They Zelda. did though. They took away the dungeons. But they didn't, because the dungeons still existed, just in a different in, in, in different in ways. A di- in a different capacity. I mean, you did have the four divine beasts, which were traditional dungeons, but then you had 120 shrines, which I guess if you put the experience to the 120 shrines all encompassing and together, you would have about the same type of a gameplay experience that you had in the dungeons. My personal preference would have been to have traditional dungeons over shrines. But they, they they still they took something that was working and they just expanded on and and, the, and again a story was being told there. The, but the story was great, and so what, I, story, what I what I like about the story in the Zelda is that it lets you find out and explore it yourself. It wasn't actually telling you the narrative, but what what Breath of the Wild did with their narrative is that you had to go out and seek it. You had to go out and seek it through these memories that you were finding throughout the world. You had to go out and seek it through talking to these NPCs and doing side quests. If you didn't do that, you could have just ran straight from the start. To the Divine Beasts, to Ganon. You could have done that. Or you could have went straight to Ganon if you're good. Like, you know, some some top people can, can speed run this game really quickly because you don't have to do anything else. You could literally go straight to Ganon and beat that game. It's possible. It it's is harder. I've seen it. But it's, it's way harder. But if you're good at dodging and you're good at that kind of stuff, which I'm not. Anyone that watched my God of War playthrough knows I'm not good at dodging. I never have been, which is why I struggle in the Souls games, in the Soulsborne games like Bloodborne and Dark Souls. I struggle wow. in those games because dodging is key, but I love those games, so I keep playing them. What is the one thing Mr. Piccolo always told you, Gohan? Dodge! Uh, I know, man, and I'm so bad at it. I'm so bad at it. But... I think that like if if Breath of the Wild wouldn't have had any inkling of a story, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if it was just going out there. And if the story was just save, save Zelda, we've done that. That was the story in the original NES Zelda, because that was all that they had back then. But there was this overarching story and this this narrative that was kind of what really happened here, because people are still questioning, did Breath of the Wild combine all of the Zelda universes together? Did it combine all these different timelines because all these things exist? And you wouldn't know that if you didn't go out there and explore. You wouldn't know that if you didn't go out there and find the story that's being told through these, you know, through these side quests or through these other secondary stuff that you can do or these NPCs that you could talk to or these memories that are worth finding. Like, you know, there's no... And to get the true ending, you have to find the memories. So... Yeah. Um... But I don't know, man. I, I just I don't agree with this. And and like you said, I, I hope that uh, I hope that they are keeping the single player under wraps and that they it just that's why it hasn't leaked. And that's why no one knows anything about it. But there's a 99 percent chance that these sources are not wrong because they usually never are when it comes to Call of Duty. So usually things leak about Call of Duty before the official reveal. Well, I'll say a lot of reports said uh, that Activision, there was a single player campaign and Activision found it too out there. And they, they had it cut because the game wouldn't come out in time. Right. And if that's the case, if that's the case, delay the game. 
delay the game because it, especially if you're going to play a, a half a game and then try to sell me the story afterwards or give it to me as a free update. No, you're not. You're not doing. All you're doing is just giving me the, the game that I actually paid for in the first place. There's, there's Street Fighter Five in you. <laughs> you, saw, you saw it coming. You saw it coming. <laughs> exactly. Exactly what they did. You know. There's Street Fighter Five in you. You saw. You saw. You saw the five format on my hand. I know. I know. That's why I said there's Street Fighter Five in you. <laughs> that should be the term I, now to go for, to, for that. There's Street Fighter Five in you. That should be the term. I'm, I'm sick of it. I mean, it, as am I. So, so now this makes Black Ops 4 a game that I was going to op- get on opening day. Mm-hmm. A game I have to wait for. I have to actually check, actually have to hear what's said or or at least wait for someone who actually has a copy of it to say, okay, there's a single player mode. Now you can go get your pre-order. And if there isn't a single, play, if there isn't a single player mode, it's, it's definitely not a purchase. No, nope, not going to happen. I'll I'll wait it out because I just don't care. If I do want to play Black Ops 4, I'll play with some friends. I'll let them spend the money. Yeah. But, uh, or just catch it when it's on sale because that's that's Jen, that's what I would do. Like, I would wait for the game to be 20 bucks or less. But even at that point, the multiplayer community is going to be no, nothing like it was when it first came out. So I think it just overall, without having a single player campaign, it just hurts experiences for people like you and I and people that obviously follow this hashtag save player one movement and people that actually care about single player games because you look at you know, God of War. Obviously, that's why I wanted to have this discussion on today's podcast, because I just finished it. I know you're chugging away through it, and it, it is a great single player experience. Can you imagine if God of War would be solely multiplayer? Like, how would that have even worked? Like, it would have I'm sucked. Gonna, I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm, I'm going to call this. I'm going to call the shot right now. Okay. If Black Ops 4 launches without a story mode, mm-hmm. it is going to die because it's, it's coming out in October, and Red Dead Redemption is going to shit all over you. Agreed. Agreed. Okay? So I'm telling and, you right and Red now, Dead Redemption it, 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 2, Red Dead Redemption 2 is doing it right because you know they're going to have an epic single player. You bet your ass there's going to be an epic single player. But they're also it, going to have the same online mode that GTA 5 does. They're going to murder your game if mm-hmm. you do not put a single player campaign in there. Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to murder everything this fall. Red Dead Redemption is going to murder everything this fall. It is going to it is going to kill no matter what. Yeah. But your game is going to be dead in the water. Agreed. Your game your game is going to be what is it? Anthem. <laughs> Anthem, yeah, Anthem next year. That's why Anthem was delayed because they like crap. We got to do something here, and this, like I said, this is probably the final nail in Bioware's coffin, which really, really sucks. Um, but no, man, like I just because you look at God of War, you look at Horizon Zero Dawn, you look at Breath of the Wild, you look at all these fantastic games that are coming out this generation that are single player experiences. Near Automata, Persona Five, if you want to get into the JRPG realm of things, there's just so many good games out there right now for people that like the single player experience and like I like the question I brought up a little while ago how many people actually buy this game for the single player and like you stick around for the multiplayer that is the big question I want to see answered and if this is true it's obviously going to get answered this October I am dying I am legit dying to see the sales numbers for Black Ops 4 if this is the case because this might be a blessing in disguise if you think about it this might be a blessing in disguise because it could actually collapse the monopoly that Call of Duty has over first person shooters and collapse and maybe just maybe collapse the monopoly that the first person shooters genre has in general over the gaming industry. Because I, for one, I, I am so sick of first person shooter games. I play them because I have to because some of them are actually OK, but there's just way too many of them. Like I, I obviously prefer JRPGs and RPGs in general and action adventure games and platformers like if we could get more of those instead of more first person shooters and call of duty clones all the time i would be so happy i'm i'm call of duty devout and even i and even i'm willing to say you stick it i mean if you want to 
it's too late in the course to go all online. If you if you if you started there from Jump Street, let's uh, yeah. Overwatch. Right, Overwatch. Yes. O- Overwatch. Overwatch was always only and multiplayer. Overwatch, always... a great another great game to bring up. Overwatch, a game that people are begging Blizzard to put a single player campaign in. Yeah, I mean, because we want to we want to explore, of course, the lore of but, Overwatch. But everybody went into Overwatch knowing, knowing exactly what it was. Exactly, so, an arena shooter. Now, I will want to say, you know, it's an arena shooter. If Overwatch was a series and had a story, yeah, I doubt to be doing as well right now. No, if they if, if they took it away, no, uh, you know, you're too. Fo- this is Black Ops Four. It's not, it's not even the fourth game in the series. It's a four, you know, because there's plenty of other. Call of Duty's games. Yeah. You're into, you're deep into the franchise. Like, it's you like can't, 15 or 16 games deep. It's too late to be changing courses. Mm-hmm. It's not smart business. It is my opinion. What do I know? I'm just a guy on the internet, but I'm a guy who's paid for all 15 other of your games. Right. Don't be stupid. All right. right. Don't it's, be. I, you know, go ahead. Why don't you just add loot boxes to this game while you're at it? Okay. They probably will, just, dude. I'm sure they will. I, I'm saying these things. I know they're going to happen. I'm sure they're going to. I know we're getting a, a battle royal. I know we're getting loot boxes. Yeah. They're going to. And like you said, this is probably going to be the death nail. Fingers crossed. I hope it is. I, I hope, hope it is, is too. I hope it is too. Let, let, let's, let's let another genre take take the reins. Yeah, because the first person shooter genre has had, you know, they've been the predominant genre for too many years now. So it, it's time for something else to have their their time in the sun, whether it is platformers again, whether it is RPGs again, or whether it's something new entirely like, you know, puzzle games. Let's let's give them a chance. Let's, let's have a ton of puzzle games out there. I know you'd be happy. Call of Duty, you got three weeks for me to forget what I know. OK, exactly. Three, three weeks. Let, let, you know, shock me. Exactly. Shock the system. Okay, be, be, be like the Shockmaster. Yeah, pass the torch. Pass the torch to Titus O'Neil. There you go. <laughs> uh, no, but if, um, man, if Overwatch <sighs> added a single player campaign, though, I'd actually play Overwatch. I have played Overwatch in the past because, so I, you know, I like Blizzard and I love everything that they do, but I didn't stick around with Overwatch. I just wanted to jump in and check it out. If it had a single player campaign, I would have stuck around. So that's that's a great example right there, too. Uh, this this really you can tell I'm very passionate about this. Yeah, passionate no, man. That, that, yeah, no, very, very passionate man, very passionate man. F the F the Oscars. Uh, I, I I want I want to get all gillied up and start sniping you fools left and right. I love the online multiplayer. Yeah, but I'm not buying it for just multiplayer. No, especially at it's sixty just, bucks. If it was if it was no. thirty bucks, maybe. Maybe maybe because you know, and then again I know what I was getting into. Right. Uh, in regards, to, I'm not doing. You're not doing that to me. It's not going to happen. No, no, no. But that's why I wanted to finally have this discussion because I know you're a big Call of Duty fan. Oh, I was gonna, I, I, I was, going to have, the, I was going to have the discussion last week in just the news segment, but I wanted to kind of wait and see. I was trying to wait for the game to actually come out, but some more things have kind of, kind of surfaced in the rumored division that is more pointing to Polygon being correct here. And I think this, the, the topic is worth having now because of how good God of War is actually doing and how much praise God of War is getting with its single player campaign and it's, you know, it's single player story because the game is, that game is flawless. God of War is so flawless and it proves that single player games do still have a place in the industry. I'd be happy with a two player campaign, mandatory two player, just like a, a way out. It was a way out. Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd I'd, be fun. I'd, be all, I'd be all right with that, but you have to give it to me. You right. can't, you can, you can't ruin this series for me because I'm an outlier. I, I, mm. I'm devout. Okay, if you piss me off, you're definitely gonna piss off the casuals. Of course, of course, of course. I mean, because I stick, I stuck with you guys through some pretty crappy games. Right. Uh, I mean, the, the casuals are gonna just destroy you. So of course, yeah. Off. Don't get in your own way. Don't 
you, you have the formula of success. You, you put these games out every single year. Mm-hmm. Stop. Just stop it. Okay? Agreed. Agreed. Hashtag stop it. Hashtag stop it. Or put some separation between the games. Stop making them an annual release. That'd be the only other option. That's why I said if they really should have delayed Black Ops if they wanted to have more time for the single player and put it out either in the spring or next fall and, and kind of did the Assassin's Creed route where they took a year off. I think that would have been so smart, but they didn't. They're nope. not going to. Um, what do you got for us for revisiting the classics this week? I actually do have something here for you. Actually, you have, have a, another, another, well. little, another uh, little visual aid. Uh what I was doing again, uh, I keep mentioning I'm doing my my cleaning where I'm co- I'm constantly reorganizing my shelves. I think I think it's worth mentioning real quick. Next week will be the Final Fantasy VII edition for revisiting the Absol- classics. Absolutely, I'm because you now are you are you are you are about at the end of the game. I am this close to beating that game. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think it'd be fair for me to to, to talk about the game while no. actually hitting the real ending. No, you planned, you, you, you got to see planned, the actual ending first. So I had planned on doing it this week, but mm. God of War took too much of my time. Right, my be. But right. I got this. I got this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I was reorganizing And then, then you're going to be doing the best one in the series, Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. And that, that is the plan. I'm going to do I know. It's, I know it's the plan. The plan is to get to all of them. So like I guess I was, I was organizing and I found a bunch of my old DVDs. I found a bunch of this. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I still have DVDs. Uh, I still have uh, a handful of them. I actually have a ton upstairs. I, I, I just almost, I have all my Blu-rays. I have tons and tons of Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. But I came across a Sega game. Okay. Not even a Sega Genesis game, a Sega Master System game I have. Okay. Complete in box. And I'm like, I only have like one of these. What could this possibly be? And it's Spellcaster. What? Spellcaster? I've heard of that game. I've never played that, but I've actually seen that box before. Uh, this game is awesome. Uh, we're going to talk about this here a little bit. Uh, I saw this and I started panicking. I was like, oh my God, I have Spellcaster. Where the hell did I get Spellcaster? Yeah. Which, which is a good thing. That's a good question. Where the hell did I get Spellcaster? You actually have no idea how you got it? Or where I you got it? Found, I literally found out today. Okay. Before we reported how I got this game. Uh, okay, cool. Because because I, I I have all my games. I don't have the... Uh, I wish I saved the cases and the boxes for all these things, but I didn't. Okay. Uh, as, a, as a kid, I tossed them away. I want to play my game. So so so, so the collector in me is crying right now. Right. Um, but when I see this, I'm like, complete everything there. Like... What? Because I, 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 I actually had this game as a kid. Okay. Um, and it's a, it's an adventure RPG. So there actually is like, you know, point and click, kind of like JRPG style. There actually are JRPG style fights with nice. uh, att- attack, prey, is this. But the North American version, which I have, of course, because mm-hmm. it's in English, um, actually has side scrolling and beat em up levels as well. Okay. Uh, the, the game, uh, it's Spellcaster here in the US. Over in Japan, it is. I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Kujaku Oi, or Peacock King in English. Okay. Uh, it's based on an anime. Um, and this is big. This is an anime, a manga. The game, everything all came out in 1988. Okay. I had this I had this game, I want to say maybe 1990. Uh, played the ever-loving crap out of it. Uh, this was a present from Nicole, which means my parents bought it and wrapped it in for printer. Right. Once again, <laughs> once, 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 again you, once again, you made it into an episode. Uh, and I just remember playing this for hours and hours. So it actually clicked in my head that oh my god, they actually played a Japanese RPG mm-hmm. in the loosest in the, the loosest sense of action RPGs and side scrollers. But where did I get this game? Where the hell did I get this game? Yeah, but where did you get the game? Well, my buddy Mike came down to say hi. Okay. Uh, and he goes, "Why is Spellcaster over to your side?" He's like, "I, I keep a little desk over here." He goes, "Why is Spellcaster there?" I go, "We'll talk about it on the uh, on the show." You know, I 
I remember playing this game as a kid. I remember, you know, I rented it first and actually went, you know, I wanted to buy it. My sister bought it for me. And I go, but I had no idea I had it. He goes, yeah, because I gave it to you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, why would you give me Spellcaster? He goes, uh, he's a video game collector. He collects tons and tons and tons of games. Uh-huh. I think I've sent you, I think I've sent you a picture once of his collection, just massive. Yeah. He has like five copies of this game because <laughs> uh, he buys lots of games and it keeps getting thrown in there. Nice. Or, or he'll forget he has it and he'll buy a whole bunch of games at once. So I got a, a really good copy with, is it, it's a pretty good shape, everything in there. Uh, but like I said, I, I, you know, that, that's actually retro. I just got it recently. Right. Uh, but but, but I mean, it's, to... still, it's still a retro game. It's still, but, 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 you're but, still revisiting but, the classics. But let's, 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 let's bring it back. Let's talk about so, the game because I'm curious about this game because I've seen it and I've heard of it, but I've never played it. So basically the story is there's like monsters and spirits attacking and you're brought in to help save the world. This all happened. Um, a local temple summons you. There's like a big supernatural storm. Okay. So thunder and light and you're, you're Kujaku, the, the, the peacock king. Uh, <laughs> uh, the peacock you king. And, and it's, it's turn-based, it's turn-based or role-playing uh, combat. Uh, like I said, you have the options of either attacking, praying, or running away. So pretty much every RPG you've ever played. Right. Um, a lot of unavoidable battles as you're going through, random things. Um, no, really no puzzles, though, which okay. kind of sucks. Um, but the game is colorful, and it's exciting. And there's, the fact that they actually added the side-scrolling beat-em-up part is what I remember the most about this game. And I, I started reading on the game, like, you know, when does this come out? And... They didn't have it in the Japanese version. There, theirs was a very simple clicking this, clicking that kind of thing. And I enjoy that part. You know, I'm a point and click guy. Mm-hmm. But I feel like here in America, we got the definitive version. Okay. Why is that? We got, because it has, has all the elements of the Japanese game. Okay. Plus they, plus they added in some side-scrolling platforming. They added in some, some beat-em-up. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So, 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 so we had the best of theirs and the best of ours together. Right. So... I feel like Spellcaster is the, you know, the, the crown jewel uh, of uh, Japanese RPGs on the Sega Genesis. Okay. Better than, better, than, better than Fantasy Star. Better than... I'm just rolling my eyes on that one. Uh, I was going to say, better than Fantasy Star. What? What? But I say, but the, the plot... I, I had to read up everything. The plot is the same. The, the action's the same. It's... I can't speak highly enough of this game. I, I'll, I'll probably have to send you some pictures of it later on, some, some screenshots. Yeah, I'm curious to see what this looks like. So how, man, I don't know. Like, so when did this game come no, out, you said? 88. So you're like, oh, wow. this probably, probably doesn't look good. It's colorful. It's it's, it's awesome. In fact, I'm probably going to shoot you one right now. I'll yeah. Do it. yeah, do it. Just, you can do it later. You can do it later. But like, it's it surpassed what the, it, for me, I feel like it surpassed what the system should have been because games in 88 weren't exactly the most visually stunning right. and it's very cartoon it is very cartoony it is based on an anime but it's it's there it's fully fleshed out and it has a password save system that is not so horrible okay because you know I me mean? if, if the password system has uppercase lowercase and symbols you're gonna me, sc- you're gonna screw it up it, dri- it drives me batty you're uh, gonna screw it up at some somehow you're gonna screw it up yeah i will screw it up you know yeah. that yeah uh but that's my retro game um I high I guess like if I had to give it a score out of ten, mm-hmm. this game is easily eight and a half. Okay. I mean and I, I was I was seriously taken aback. I was literally like, where did this come from? This is amazing. Yeah. I have to tell Brian I have this. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just now I kinda wanna do more cleaning. You know, it's see what, else you, imagine, see what else you find. 
I did come across a couple weird Game Boy games that we'll talk about some other time. Okay. That, again, I have no idea how I got them, so I'm probably going to have to ask them, did you give these to me? Uh, if you find a copy of Nintendo World Championship from 1990, don't worry, it's not worth anything. Just pass it to me. I'll uh, I'll handle it. Is that that golden game I have over there? Yeah, it's, it's a golden cartridge. If you, if you have one of those, it's worth like a couple pennies. Just, yeah, I'll, I'll take it off your hands, dude. You're going to steal a $20,000 game from me? You son of a... <laughs> There are there are some there are some out there floating around that that no one knows where they are. So you might just find one. I feel like I heard like Pat the Punk has two. So there you go, there yeah. you go, lucky, lucky bastard. There you go. Which uh, <laughs> yes. So, so so next week, guys, we are going to be talking about Final Fantasy VII for sure. Mm-hmm. I will Great. give you my impressions on the game. Um, little preview. It's freaking awesome. It is. It is. So I'm definitely I'm definitely curious to see how you rank it next to uh, Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy IV. So um, obviously a lot of people got their start with Final Fantasy seven in, in the JRPG genre. So that's why a lot of people always, you know, will say that Final Fantasy seven is the best of the best. Uh, I don't I don't agree. I don't think it is the best of all of them, but I definitely think it's up there near the top. Final Fantasy seven is awesome. So well, cool. Well, cool. Let's move into a little kickstart my heart. Oh, yeah. Kick stop my heart. Hope it never stops. And for the first time this week, dude, for the first time this week, we actually got a recommendation. What? But awesome. not a recommendation from a listener. Somebody actually contacted us and asked if we would highlight their game on the podcast. That's yes. on Kickstarter. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so this game currently is on Kickstarter. It has 10 days to go. It is well short of the goal, which I think is why they're trying to reach out and try to, to spread awareness of the game. Uh, it's on Kickstarter from Massive Work Studios. It's a game called Dolmen. D-O-L-M-E-N. Dolman is a new action RPG game whose epic journey takes you to the horror of the unknown. They're trying to get they're trying to get 90,000. Um, it's been on it's been on Kickstarter for a while now. They're only at 35,000 towards their goal. So they have like I said, they have a long ways to go, but they're trying to get it released on PC, PS4 and Xbox One. So let's actually talk a little bit about the game here. Cosmic Horror and Sci-Fi are two ways to talk about Dolmen. It is a third-person action game with RPG elements, but with a Lovecraftian plot that calls players to find what's behind the darkest secret of the universe. A forgotten planet called Revian Prime will be the place where the action takes part, and it won't be easy. Adaptation and exploration will be your main weapons as you craft new items and equipments from your enemies' carcasses. Every step can be your last one. PC Gamer actually has a quote out there saying it looks a little bit like a mashup of Dark Souls and Dead Space, which I think is a good a good accurate representation of this. I pulled up a picture. It kind of looks exactly what I was going to say here. But I, but I also want to say that it kind of gives me some vibes of like early Mass Effect. Like if I like I, can I, see that. I, I actually watched this, the cinematic trailer for Duelman before you know after they contacted because they contacted us by email the other day, and I went to their Kickstarter page and I watched the cinematic trailer and it kind of reminded me a little bit of the original Mass Effect as well. Obviously, it's not on the same scale. This is a Kickstarter game, so it's not on the same budget as something like Mass Effect, but it definitely has a little bit of those vibes going on here. Um, it was approved by the Square Enix Collective with a 94% voting approval, but I'm not sure what, what happened after that because they had to go to Kickstarter to, to fund the game. Um, there is a demo that's actually out there right now if you back the game, so you'll be able to check it out before it actually comes out. They they estimated delivery, like the estimated release date for this would have been December 2019 if it does make its goal. So we'll have to see if it actually does. Um, it says here that Dulman has strategic and dynamic combat. 
It says here, what's left to someone put in such a situation? Well, if you'll have to face the unpredictable, you'll have to improvise. Experience rich combat with various types of melee weapons and moves. Attack, block, and dodge as you try to escape from the enemies as well as damage them. Use ranged weapons elemental shots to cause different debuffs on enemies. All creatures answer specifically to each combination, making the battles always innovative and demanding so you have to be always attentive. To activate your ranged weapons, some energy must be spent, but this isn't the only use of energy. By activating the energy mode, your melee weapon will be empowered too. Also, you can use a portion of energy to recover a small portion of your HP quickly, but beware, energy does not regenerate by itself, so use it carefully. Surviving is the last thing the cosmos wants you to do. Along the way, many creatures will try to end your journey to continue their own. And it does say here that there are some insane, gruesome bosses. It says the human race deserves to subsist. Many alpha predators disagree and say no. <laughs> All environment will provide a feeling of being apart from Earth, which means that a whole new kind of views are waiting for you. Fungi, corpses, and amorphous stalactites compound the way. Different kinds of vegetal life infest the ecosystem of Revian Prime. Every level shows different ways to understand the place. Its plants, fog, and terrain will be constantly changing and more and more daring. A whole world can be yours, but you'll never be yourself again. What I think is interesting here, that the world is actually called Revian Prime. Doesn't that just sound... What, what was that planet on Mass Effect? It was something Prime, was it not? It was. It's, um, it's escaping me. Yeah, let me, let me look that up, because there was a planet on Mass Effect... Um, this game looks just like Dead Space and I, it does. In, in a good way, in a good way. It does. Way. It does. Um, Eden Prime. I guess I can see this, you know, Dead Space meets um, Dark Souls. See, Dark Souls. Dark Souls, Souls Dead Space. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Uh, Eden Prime is the name of the planet on Mass Effect that I was trying to think of. So you got Revian Prime here with uh, Dulman. You have uh, obviously Eden Prime over in Mass Effect, so that's why I'm getting these Mass Effect vibes. And then obviously um, Revian Prime, it uh, just kind of reminds me of like Mass Effect, or not? I'm not, not sorry, Mass Effect, uh, Metroid Prime. So like all these, this game is definitely taking inspiration from a ton of different games that I personally enjoy. So it had this has this deep crafting system, survival. All this type of stuff you can do. Obviously, it does have an RPG type of a system because you're leveling up your characters, you've got stats, you got attributes you have to attend to. And then there is online co-op and PvP in the game as well. So we'll have to see here. We'll have to see what it is. Uh, they actually did release a little bit of the story. Uh, it says, Our solar system looks like a child if compared with the greatness of the universe. And though mankind has reached the stars, we didn't conquer them yet. Maybe, as human beings, we shall never do that. Who knows how many things are lurking in the dark between the planets and asteroids? The answer is not meant to be told, but it can be experienced. As an abducted astronaut, you'll be the witness of the world of Revian Prime, where the Dulman is hidden. Its link with the war that destroyed all civilization in that galaxy was enough to bring various different aliens to the place, tried to figure out its true power. But it was all in vain. Now, that planet is nothing but a shadow of the past. The mystery remains unsolved. Is that the only future, or is there a way to change it? The answer is to you, player, as you awaken from the cryopod inside your ship, looking for a reason to be so far from Earth. And the answers are spread out all over your journey. The alien voice inside your head, the clues left by your crew members, and a dead world trying to leave at last a memory of what it once was. Through you. Welcome to the Dulman. It sounds interesting to me. It does. Um, I actually do want to check this out. Yeah, it, it sounds interesting. I definitely, I definitely saved it. I want to keep an eye on this. 
Um, I'm, you know, I'm gonna jump into the twenty dollar level at the very least. Okay. Because uh, you know, I, I'm intrigued by this. I, I'm, I'm hoping it makes its goal though, for sure. I, I'm definitely hoping it's making it's making it has ten days, so they definitely have a little bit of work to do. Obviously, that's why they're out there doing all this kind of stuff right now. Uh, twenty dollars will get you a digital copy of Dolman for the platform of your choice, either PC or console, and you'll also get monthly updates about the development process, plus everything from tier one, which means getting your name in the credits, a special thank you email, access to the demo, and some wallpapers for the PC. So that's awesome. I'll, I'll probably jump in at the $20 tier as well, um, just because, you know, that's that's just that, that gets you a copy of the game, which means the game's probably going to be 20 bucks when it comes out, 20 or 30 bucks, which isn't bad for a game either. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I definitely think this is worth a look. If you're interested in this kind of stuff, if you're interested in Mass Effect, if you're disappointed like I was in Andromeda, give Dolman a look. Obviously, it, it's still really early. It still has a lot of development to go, and it is a Kickstarter game, so don't expect too much, but... I'm liking what I see here. I think it looks fun and something I'm definitely going to keep an eye on. But that's going to bring us into a little. <laughs> Are you afraid of the dark? And there's one creepypasta that is constantly, constantly recommended that we do. Hold on. If it's going to happen, Alexa, turn off the lights. Here we go. There we go. There's one creepypasta that is constantly recommended that we have to do, but it's so long that we have to split it up. So for the first time and for the next five weeks, we're going to be diving into the same creepypasta. Ooh. I don't know if you know which one this is. You should. But this is a very, very, very long creepypasta. Very long. And one of the original creepypastas, too. Very interesting. Submitted for the approval of the Level Down Game Society. The entire creepypasta community calls this story the tale of Ben Drowned. <laughs> Part one, day four. I recently moved into my dorm room starting as a sophomore in college and a friend of mine gave me his old Nintendo 64 to play. I was stoked to say the least. I could finally play all those old games of my youth I hadn't touched in at least a decade. His Nintendo 64 came with one yellow controller and a rather shoddy copy of Super Smash Bros. And while beggars cannot be choosers, it didn't take long before I got bored of beating up level 9 CPUs. That weekend, I decided to drive around a few neighborhoods about 20 minutes or so off campus, hitting up local garage sales. I was hoping to score some good deals from ignorant parents. I ended up picking up a copy of Pokemon Stadium, GoldenEye, F-Zero, and two other controllers for $2. Satisfied, I began to drive out of the neighborhood when one last house caught my attention. I still have no idea why it did. There were no cars, and only one table was set up with random junk on it. However, something sort of drew me there. I usually trust my gut on these things, so I got out of the car and was greeted by an old man. His outward appearance was, for the lack of a better word, displeasing. It was odd. If you asked me why I thought he looked displeasing, I couldn't really pinpoint anything in particular. There was just something about him that put me on edge. I cannot explain it. All I can tell you that if it wasn't in the middle of the afternoon and there weren't other people within shouting distance, I wouldn't have even thought of approaching this man. 
He flashed a crooked smile at me and asked what I was looking for. Immediately, I noticed he must be blind in one eye. His right eye had that glazed over look about it. I forced myself to look to his left eye, trying not to offend, and asked if he had any old video games for sale. I was wondering already how I could pretend, how I could politely excuse myself from the situation when he would tell me he had no idea what a video game was. But to my surprise, he said he had a few in an old box. He assured me he'd be back in a jiffy and turned to head back to the garage. As I watched him hobble away, I couldn't help but notice what he was selling on his table. Littered across his table were rather peculiar paintings, various artworks that looked like ink blots a psychiatrist might show you. Curious, I looked through them. It was obvious why no one was visiting this guy's garage sale. There weren't anything aesthetically pleasing here. As I came to the last one, I noticed it looked almost like Majora's Mask, with the same heart-shaped body with the little spikes protruding outward. Initially, I just thought that since I was secretly hoping to find the game at the at, at, hoping to find that particular game at these garage sales, some Freudian bullshit was projecting itself into the ink blots. However, given the events that happened after, I'm not so sure now. I should have asked the man about it. I wish I would have asked the man about it. After staring at the Majora-shaped blot, I looked up and the old man was suddenly there again, arm's length in front of me and smiling. I'll admit, I jumped out of my reflex and laughed nervously as he handed me a Nintendo 64 cartridge. It was the standard gray color and had no label. Someone had written Majora on it in black permanent marker. I got butterflies in my stomach as I realized what a coincidence it was and asked how much the old man wanted for it. The old man smiled and told me I could have it for free. He said it used to belong to a kid around my age that didn't live here anymore. There was something weird about how he phrased it, but I didn't really pay any attention to that. I was too caught up in not only finding the game, but getting it for free. I reminded myself to be a bit skeptical since this looked like a pretty shady cartridge and there was no guarantee it would even work. However, the optimist inside me interjected that maybe it was some kind of beta or pirated version of the game. That was all I needed to be back on cloud nine. I thanked the man who smiled and wished me I, I thanked the man who smiled and wished me well, saying goodbye then, which at the time is what it sounded like to me. All the way in the car ride home, I had a nagging doubt that the man had said something else. My fears were confirmed when I booted up the game. To my surprise, it worked just fine. And there was one save file simply named Ben. The man was saying, goodbye, Ben. I felt bad for him. He was obviously a grandparent going senile. I, for some reason or another, reminded him of his grandson, Ben. Out of curiosity, I looked at the save file. I could tell he was pretty far in the game. He had almost all of the masks and three-fourths of the boss's remains. I noticed he had used an owl statue to save his game. He was on day three by the Stone Tower Temple, with hardly an hour before the moon would crash. I remember thinking it was a shame he had come so close to beating the game but never finished it. I made a new file named Link out of tradition and started the game. I was ready to relive my childhood. For such a shady looking cartridge, I was impressed at how smoothly it ran, literally just like a retail copy of the game, save for a few minor hiccups here and there, like textures being where they should be, random flashes of cutscenes at odd intervals, but nothing too bad. However, the only thing that was a little unnerving was that at times, the NPCs would call me Link, and then at other times, they would call me Ben. I figured it was a bug, maybe a fluke in the programming, that caused our save files to get mixed up or something like that. It did kind of creep me out after a while though. Around the time I beat Woodfall Temple, I, regret I regrettably erased the Ben file. I had intended to preserve the file out of respect for the game's original owner. It's not like I needed to save files anyway. I hoped that would solve the problem. It did, 
and it didn't. Now, NPCs wouldn't call me anything. Where my name should be in dialogue was a blank space. My save file was still called Link, however. Frustrated and with homework to do, I put the game down for a day. I started playing the game again last night, getting the lens of truth and working my way toward completing Snowhead Temple. Now, some of you more hardcore Majora's Mask players know about the fourth day glitch. For those who don't, you can Google it. The gist of it is that right as the clock is about to hit zero on the final day, you talk to the astronomer and look through the telescope. If you exit the telescope just as the timer hits zero, the countdown disappears and you essentially have an endless amount of time to finish whatever you were doing. Deciding to do the glitch and try to finish Snowhead Temple, I went in and tried. I happened to get it right and on the, on the first time and the counter at the bottom disappeared. When I exited the telescope, I found myself in the Majora boss room at the end of the game, the trippy boxed-in area, staring at, Kals at Skull Kid hovering above me. There was no sound, just him floating in the air above me and the background music, which was regular for the area, but still creepy. Immediately, my palms began to sweat. This was definitely not normal. Skull Kid never appeared here. I tried moving around the area, and no matter what I did or where I went, Skull Kid would always be facing me, not saying a word. Nothing would happen, and this kept up for around 60 seconds. I thought the game was bugged, but I was beginning to doubt that very much. I was about to reach for the reset button when Tex appeared on the screen. You're not sure why, but you apparently had a reservation. I instantly recognized that text. You get that message when you get the room key from Anju at the stop pot in, but why is it playing here? I refused to entertain the notion that it was almost as if the game was trying to communicate with me. I started to walk around the room again, testing if that was some sort of trigger that enabled me to interact with something before, before realizing how stupid I was. To even think that something could reprogram the game like this was absurd. Sure enough, though, another message appeared on the screen 15 seconds later, and like the first one, it was already a pre-existing phrase. Go to the lair of the temple's boss. Yes? No. I paused for a second, contemplating what I should press and how the game would react, when I realized I couldn't select no. Taking a deep breath, I pressed yes and the screen faded to white, with the words dawn of a new, dawn of a new day and the subtext dashes beneath it. Where I was transported to filled me with the most intense sense of dread and impending fear that I have ever experienced. The only way I can describe the way I felt here is having this feeling of inexplicable depression on a profound scale. I'm not normally a depressed person, but the way I felt here was a feeling I didn't even know existed. It was such a twisted, powerful presence that seemed to wash right over me. I appeared in some kind of weird Twilight Zone version of Clock Town. I walked out of the clock tower as you normally do when you start from the first day, only to find all the inhabitants were gone. Usually with the fourth day glitch, you can still find the guards and the dog that runs around outside the tower, but everything was gone. What replaced them was the ominous feeling that there was something out there, in the same area as me, and it was watching me. I had four hearts out to my I had four hearts to my name in the hero's bow, but at this point I wasn't even considering my avatar. I felt that I personally was in some kind of danger. Perhaps the most chilling thing was the music. It was the song of healing, ripped straight from the game and played in reverse. The music would get louder, building up so you should expect something to pop out at you, but nothing ever does and the constant loop began to wear on my mental state. Every now and then, I would hear the faint laugh of the happy mass salesman in the background. It was just quiet enough that I wasn't sure if I was just hearing things, but just loud enough to keep me determined to find him. I looked in all four zones of Clocktown only to find nothing and no one. Textures were missing too. West Clocktown had me walking on air and the entire area felt broken, hopelessly broken. As the reverse Song of Healing repeated for what must have been the 50th time, I remember standing in the middle of South Clocktown realizing that I had never felt so alone in a video game before. 
As I walked through the ghost town, I didn't know whether it was the combination of the out-of-place textures, the atmosphere, and the haunting melody of the once peaceful and soothing song being butchered and distorted, but I was literally on the verge of tears and I had no idea why. I hardly ever cry, but something had gripped me here and caused this powerful sense of depression that was both foreign and crippling. I tried leaving Clocktown, but every time I went through one of the exits, the screen would fade to black and I would enter another zone of Clocktown. I tried playing my ocarina. I wanted to escape. I did not want to be here. However, every time I played the Song of Time or Song of Soaring, it would only say, your notes echo far, but nothing happens. By this point, it was obvious the game didn't want me to leave, but I had no idea why it was keeping me here. I didn't want to go inside buildings. I felt I would be too vulnerable to whatever I was terrified of. I don't know why, but I came up with the idea that if I drowned myself at the laundry pool, I could spawn elsewhere and leave. As I ran toward the pool, it happened. Link grabbed his head and the, and the screen flashed for a brief moment of the happy mass salesman smiling at, smiling at me, not Link, but me, with the Skull Kid screen playing in the background. When the screen returned, I was staring at the Link statue, usually created by playing the Elegy of Emptiness. I screamed as the thing stared back at me with that haunting facial expression. I turned around and ran back to South, South Clocktown. To my horror, the statue followed me in a way I can only describe as being similar to the weeping angels from Doctor Who. Every so often, at random intervals, the animation would play of the statue appearing behind me. It was like the thing was chasing me, or I don't even want to say it, but haunting me. By this point, I was on the verge of hysterics. However, not even once did the thought of turning off the console occur to me. I don't know why, but I was so wrapped up in it. The terror felt all so real. I tried to shake the statue, shake the statue, that's funny, but it would literally appear right behind me every single time it went off screen. Link started to make weird animations I had never seen him do. He would flail his arms around or spasm randomly. The screen would cut to the happy mass salesman smiling again for a brief moment before I was face to face with the statue once again. I ended up running into the Swordmaster's dojo and ran to the back. I don't know why, but in my panic, I wanted some kind of assurance I wasn't alone. To my dismay, I found no one. As I turned to leave, the statue cornered me in the cubbyhole in the back. I tried attacking the statue with my sword, but to no avail. Confused and backed into a corner, I stared at the statue and waited for it to kill me. Suddenly, the screen flashed again to the happy masked salesman and Link turned to face me, standing upright as a mirror image of the statue and looking at me with his copy, literally staring at me. Whatever was left of the fourth wall was completely shattered while I ran out of the dojo, terrified. Suddenly, the game warped me to an underground tunnel. The reverse Song of Healing queued up again as I was given a brief moment of rest before the statue started appearing again, this time aggressively. I could only take a few steps before it would be summoned behind me again. I hurriedly made my way out of the tunnel and appeared in Southern Clocktown. As I ran aimlessly in a sheer panic, a re-dead suddenly screamed and the screen faded to black. Dawn of the new day and dashes appeared once again. The screen faded in and I was standing atop the clock tower with Skull Kid hovering over me again, silent. I looked up and the moon was back, looming just meters above my head, but the Skull Kid stared at me hauntingly with that creepy mask. A new song was playing. The Stone Tower Temple theme played in reverse. In some sort of desperate attempt, I equipped my bow and fired off a shot at Skull Kid. It actually hit him, and he played an animation of him reeling back. I fired again, and on the third arrow, a text box appeared that said, That won't do any good. I was picked up off the ground, levitated upwards on my back, and Link screamed as he burst into flames, instantly killing him. I jumped when this happened. I had never seen this move used by anyone in the game before, and in addition, Skull Kid didn't even have any moves. As the dead scene played, my lifeless body still burning, the Skull Kid laughed and the screen faded to black. 
I reappeared in the same place. I decided to charge him, but the same thing happened. Link's body was lifted off the ground by some unknown force and burst into flames, again killing him. This time, during the death scene, the faint sounds of the reverse song of healing could be heard. On my third and final try, I noticed there was no music playing. All there was was eerie silence. I remembered that in the original encounter with Skull Kid, you were supposed to use the ocarina to either travel back in time or summon the giants. I attempted to play the song of time, but before I could hit the last note, Link's body once again burst into flames and he died. As the death scene neared its end, the game began to chug. It was as if the cartridge was trying to process a lot of something. When the screen came to, it was the same scene as the first three times, except Link was lying on the ground dead in a position I had never seen in the game before. His head was tilted toward the camera and Skull Kid was floating above him. I couldn't move or press any buttons. All I could do was stare at Link's body. After around 30 seconds of this, the game faded out with the message, you've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Before kicking me to the title screen. Upon getting back to the title screen and starting again, I noticed my save file was gone. Instead of Link, was your turn. Your turn had three hearts and no masks or items. I selected this file and was returned to the clock tower rooftop scene of Link dead and the Skull Kid hovering over, with the Skull Kid's laugh looping again and again. I quickly hit reset and when the game booted up again, there was no, there was one more save file added below. Your turn, Ben. That save file is right back where it was before I deleted it, at the Stone Tower Temple with the moon almost crashing. I turned the game off at that point. I'm not superstitious, but this is way too screwed up, even for me. I hadn't played it at all today. I didn't even get any sleep last night. I kept hearing the reverse song of healing in my head and couldn't get past that sense of dread I felt while exploring Clocktown. I drove back to the old man's house today with a buddy of mine, no way was I going there alone, to ask him some questions, only to find that there's a for sale sign in the front yard. When I rang the doorbell, no one was home. So now I'm back here, writing down the rest of my thoughts and recording what happened. Sorry if some of this has some grammatical errors and whatnot. I'm running on no sleep here. I'm terrified of this game, even more so now that I relived it a second time just writing this down. However, I feel like there's still more to it than meets the eye, and there's something calling me to investigate this further. I think Ben is something in this equation, but I don't know what. If I could get hold of the old man, I would be able to find out some answers. I need another day or so to recuperate before tackling this game once again. I feel it's already taken a toll on my sanity, but next time I do this, I'm going to record the entire thing. And that's part one. Part two, right, will, be, part part, two. Part two will be continued next week. Part two is simply titled Ben. So part two will be continued next week on the Max Level Podcast. This I have to tune into the next episode to hear this. The next five episodes. This is a five-part series. Brian, okay. <laughs> five-part series, but I again, it's the one creepy pasta that everyone's been kind of saying we should do because it's obviously one of the most popular ones. So, all right, it's finally time. I guess I, guess I have to wait. We're exploring the realm of Ben Drowned, but that's going to do it on today's episode of the Max Level Podcast. Unless you have anything else you wanted to discuss, I think we said it all. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to this episode of the Maxwell Podcast, and we also want to thank Dance with the Dead once again for the awesome music. If you're interested in supporting us here at Level Down Games so we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis, remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our podcasts on iTunes and Google Play, as well as the description box on all of our YouTube videos. We've got Amazon, Sport Gaming Chairs, Origin PC, and Razer. Supporting us through any or all of those affiliate links means the absolute world to us. If you enjoyed what we had to say and are watching us on YouTube, like, share, and leave a comment down below. If you're listening on either iTunes or Google Play, remember to leave us a rating and a review if you haven't already done so, as it definitely helps us in terms of search results. If you didn't like what we had to say, let us know that too. We always take the negative feedback alongside the positive. 
To stay up to date on all things Level Down Games, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow the main account over on Twitter at OriginalLDG. I'm at Brian underscore LDG and Frank is at the Frankosaurus. We're both on Instagram. I'm at Brian.LDG and Frank is at the Frankosaurus once again. We can be found on Facebook for general posting information. And finally, over at Twitch.tv slash Level Down Games for all of our live streams. Feel free to say hello when you drop on by. And remember, if you sub to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitch and leave us a review on iTunes. We will send you one, two, or maybe even more crappy Steam games. Doing all these things will ensure that you never miss an episode of Max Level, our video game podcast every Monday. Game Oracles, our video game trailer show every Tuesday. BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. And Glow, a podcast dedicated to professional wrestling every Thursday. Plus, you'll have access to all of our video reviews, top 10 series, revisiting the classics, unboxing, let's plays, reaction videos, and so much more. Of course, all this is also normally found on our main home internet, and hopefully yours as well, leveldowngames.com, which is currently going through a redesign and should be launch relaunching within the next two weeks. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach max level.